You're listening to The Dude Grow Show, coming straight out of Denver, Colorado, bringing you marijuana grow knowledge, news, and culture. At the tone, the time will be 4.20. Exactly. What's growing on? All kinds of stuff's growing on, right? We got LED talk coming up. We got talking hydro. We got Scotty hanging out on the mic. Yo, what's going on, dude? Well, you know, we had a good time in Colorado Springs yesterday at the Way to Grow there. Uh, Definitely hung out with uh, some DGC as well as uh, the Way to Grow crew. Great crew. Very impressed with the uh, overall just grow knowledge on that sales staff there and shout out to richie man man. uh, richie came on in we were bs in there the don uh old buddy greg i ran into all people man all kinds of people were hanging out oh yeah hang on there was there was chance came all the way up from texas that was that was really nice to see him and his girl hello to all y'all um Man, and Chief, man, Chief really impressed me. Chief, uh, I did. Chief gave me. Do you remember what the what the strain was that he gave me? I was hoping you would remember it. Chief gave us a tangerine crossed with what? Because all I could remember is that good taste. Man, what yeah. was the cross? Wasn't it a tang crossed with like some? It know, was, but it, I, it was just had that great diesel smell to it, man, and uh, I enjoyed the hell out of that. I came home about 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night, had to go in my grow and work for about an hour and a half. Yes, that's right. Scotty has been hanging out in his grow, making big strides, getting things going, and um, man, I packed a little. I got that little, uh, the Mighty Vaporizer out. Yeah, that little uh, mini, whatever you'd call it. I don't, I don't know what you'd call it, man. Like the it's same from the same one, right? Yeah, it's from the Stoke same guys that brought. Yeah, the same guys that brought you the uh, the vo- the original volcano, and they've been making these different, really high quality vaporizers ever since, man. So I busted that thing out. Actually, we used that down in Colorado Springs. It was pretty cool, no? Didn't didn't make you stink up so bad. So you- <laughs> Yeah, that's like, and that's that's what we're smoking, man. If you guys don't n- haven't noticed, today's show will be a little bit all over the place. We're not going to follow any special format. We got too much too much fun shiz going on. Yeah, um, man. But- hey, you know what? Let's get it out of the way right right off the bat, though, man. Jim, aka WD, a Jamaica would uh, is our executive producer today, man. So, uh, <laughs> all right, all right. Shout out to him, man. He's always putting good stuff on the uh, on on the Dude Grows Crew uh, Google Plus group, and we really appreciate it, man. So, yeah, man. Jim AKA WD. I can't imagine how I would have messed that name up, man. <laughs> I'm glad, uh, yeah, you handled that name instead of me. So, uh, man, it makes sense. Else? It's like one of those things, man. You know, after someone explains it to you, it makes perfect sense. You know. <laughs> Totally. Um, Hindsight, up, guys, bro. It's 2020. We'll get into uh, the show. We got Brendan coming up, second half of the show from Spectrum King. I just hung out and just talked grow, talked LED, talked 
talked all kinds of stuff. It was good. Uh, Damn, good if we're in. throwing if we're throwing that in, man, I think uh, we need to throw in. I uh, talked to my LED buddy, the guy that's been coaching me a little bit, um, uh, Pat from Ontario. Man, I think we should throw that and be, let's throw two LED segments in, man. So we kind of get two Whoa. perspectives: the home builder perspective and the uh, and the professional perspective, man. Um, Are you trying to have the longest "What's Growing On" ever, dude? I think I think we need to do it, man. <coughs> Sorry, I was indulging in the. Oh, you know what? I totally just um, <coughs> the bong, man. The bong came. I just showed Scotty the bong yesterday. Dude, um, respect, <coughs> man. That is a nice fucking bong, man. Is that what you're smoking out of right now? No, believe it or not. Mary Glassworks hooked it up. Uh, working over there at MN Legit um, in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, we were going to drink some pop, but uh, we decided to hang out, you know, and if you don't get my comedy, that's all right. Anyway, the bong is here, customized, says Dude Grow Show on it, says What's Growing On on it. Um, it's beautiful, like, what did I call it? Like, is that like a percolator? Or I don't know, the ice can sit up above, but there's this like chamber. It's a with perk, this. man. It's a tree perk, man. I don't know. It's some nice. kind of a perk, man. Uh, I, but I, no, I didn't learn I, all the difference between them, man. We're gonna have to do like a uh, a ceremony before. I'm just using my glass money right now. We're just you know jumping to get on the mic today, uh, where you play like some type of uh, sound bite, you know, where it's like uh, the beginning of the Olympics or something, like dun dun, <laughs> right? dun, 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 and then like I load it up and we'll put a mic right. We'll tape a mic to the perk, dude. But no, thanks guys uh, for that pong. Thanks, Paul. That thing is gonna come in use. I can't believe I didn't remember to get it set up today. But I gotta, you know, it's gonna be ceremonial, ceremonial, ceremonial tacious. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think I need to be there for that, man. True, true. That would be good. That would be good. I'll have to bring it up next time I'm man. up in default. Me and my buddy BJ from. Uh, uh, Colorado Magic Boards were bullshitting. We were out uh, hanging a couple nights ago, and he was to, we were at the, one of your favorite old, old places, a town pump, which is the oldest bar in Fort Collins. And mm -hmm. uh, they were talking about back in the day, one of the bartenders there used to have this pipe that he would lend to everybody, and it was a glass pipe, and he'd be like, yeah, let me see that. And it was called the Concrete Buster because this shit was so thick that if it dropped on the ground, the only thing you had to worry about was it busting off a piece of the concrete, man. And it used to come back with chips in it Concrete and whatnot, man. <laughs> yeah, and fi finally it succumbed, man. But uh, I just thought that was a classic story, man. Classic Colorado story, man. Going to the bar, <laughs> ask the bartender if he could watch your beer and, uh, and, and if you could borrow a piece of glass. That's pretty goddamn cool, man. That's my kind of town, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, Chief down there at Colorado Springs Way to Grow is talking about, a, what do you call it, a dab lounge or something going on? A dab lounge, he was saying, man. That sounded really cool, man. As a matter of fact, I was just waiting for him to say, yeah, let's go. And I was going to be like, all right, I'll go. Let's go. You, you did <laughs> say that. You're like, you, as soon as he said dab lounge, you're like, let's go. Yeah, man, I'm down. <laughs> I don't oh, have yeah. anything to do till tomorrow morning, man. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed him, man. Shout, shout out to Chief Mid Amber Home Grow online is is what he goes by. Man, I'm really trying to prompt him to uh, or push him to uh, join the DGC as far as uh, the the Dude Grows crew on Google Plus. Man, he's got a lot of knowledge. Man, he'd be a, he'd be a great addition. Hell yeah, I was. Uh, I'll, I'll get into a little. One of the DGC somebody out there emailed me and recommended uh, Narcos to me, man. So I just got into. This show on, uh, I think it's on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original or something, 
where it's taking it's like a you know the not a documentary but the heard about this, this is based man. I heard this true is events. It's, yeah talking about uh pablo escobar is that correct is he still alive and around hanging out Fuck is he busted? No, man. shit you can see on tv him getting shot man Pablo Esco, oh man, I just it pulled up the first image of him, and man, him that is dead, a nice right? mustache, dude. Oh. Uh, yeah, it says uh, he died in 1993 in Medellin, Medellin, is it Medellin, is there L in there, or Medellin, Medellin, Colombia. Is it two L's, uh, man? Two L's is a Y in Spanish, man. It is, Medellin. two L's, there Medellin. I'm sure many people can say that better, but anyway, cool show, dude, I've only watched one episode. Uh, hey, you want to watch a crazy a crazy special there's something you probably find it on discovery or online called killing pablo and it's just about how you know the united states uh, uh got together with the uh the colombian paramilitary groups and set something up to kill him man and it was fucking crazy straight up assassination man interesting guess he made i know that, that, that those type of people can blow my mind with that. Like, when, at what point did you, you know, just couldn't you have said, I'm just going to walk away? I got enough money. I'm just going to walk away. You, you can't know? walk like, away. Once you start something like that, you can't walk away because you, you know, I mean, I hate to sound cliche, but you know things. You know too much, man. So you're a risk. That's why people get killed so much in the drug industry, man. Because once oh, you man. know something, you can't unknow it. And that's great. You promise not to say anything, but, uh, you know, not many people keep their promises anymore, man. I know a real great way to keep you from saying anything, man. Interesting. You know, did you know that his <laughs> life, his life, uh, Life of crime began at an early age. <laughs> this is harsh. While he was still in school, he stole tombstones and sold them to smugglers from Panama. <laughs> it's like, dude, uh, dude right, go, right. go try being hungry for a, a couple weeks, man. You know what I mean? A couple months, a couple years, man. And see if you don't start looking right. at the world a little bit differently, man. That is a good point. You will. You will within a day. And then the yeah. next day, it'll change again. And then the third day, you're straight up uh, like turning into a rabid wild animal. Do whatever yeah, you you're stealing do. water from your neighbors at that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? To keep your family alive, man. It's pretty crazy, man, what happens when, the, uh, when, when you don't have everything you need to survive, man. You become a survivor. Yeah. Well, let's roll. Uh, guys, we're going to get in some hydro talk, man. That's what's going to be growing on today with me and Scotty. Let's take a real quick break before we do. Do some jam here. Repack up the glass and uh, take my brain back to my, my hydroponic growing days. So I'm, I know. I'm excited I just, to talk about it. I was just sitting there thinking earlier, you know, before we went on, just being like, God damn, man, I'm about to talk about something and I haven't done in four or five years, man. But, you know, the fundamentals are still there, man. I mean, I did hydro for probably 15 years, I would say. I used to think it was the only way to get weight. And I always used to think that, oh, yeah, I could do soil, but, boy, I'd be giving up a lot, you know, a couple of weeks out of my harvest and I'd be giving up a bunch of weight. And so let's let's get into it and see what's true and what's not. All right, we'll be right back. All right. Do I know your friend OG Kim Dog? Who? What? Oh, man. You know we were about to sit up in here and smoke some weed and talk to y'all about growing trees and smoking dank. We talk. See, I'm trying to establish with you about growing right Because your buds are way too small Don't taste like nothing at all We talk Just because you nuke some little bug crawling on the branch Just chilling in the grow While you was downstairs working it Tell me, yo 
Where the athletes are just ants We talk And were they messing up your plans Whoa We talk Remember when you met Soma at the club And you were smoking and dabbing and kicking it Yeah, you had the permagrin We talk, yeah So just sit back and listen to the show And let the knowledge flow And let the dude and Scotty real But some weed talk, yeah Alright man, did you just say you're giving up a couple weeks, man? You're gonna, it's gonna take you two more weeks to get things done If you go to, uh, from hydro to soil Like hydro's that much quicker That used to be the rap on it, you know what I mean? When you talk about hydroponics You would say that things could finish uh, You know, a week quicker You know, seven to ten days quicker Used to be the rap on it And uh, you were giving up yield The the rap back, you know, I'm going back to the the 90s and whatnot But they would say, oh yeah, you know, hydro's great Um, You'll get the yields off it But, you know, but soil's got the flavor And there was always that kind of conflict Where you get better tasting weed off of soil um but you could get a faster growth rate off a of hydro and it kind of we we're actually talking you know who we forgot to shout out to man was uh brent yesterday man brent over it at, oh definitely uh, yeah man we actually had a hung out with him afterwards and went and had uh uh just some some dinner or whatever but we really uh learn some things man he's a, a guy that really gets high yields man he uses high yielding strains and he's way over that two pounds per light mark um i believe he he uses the the tuper right tupper tuper yep, yep which is mostly cocoa based got some you know really light cocoa formula it's got cocoa it's got perlite in it and he's treating that like hydroponics so with hydroponics what you're doing is you're constantly uh bathing these uh the plants in a, the plant roots in a nutrient solution and it's constantly yeah, it's feeding being, like three times a day Right. And that goes back to that, you know, Ag Boy had me, uh, I don't know if he found the paper or not, but it was uh, Dr. Beeson and, uh, from University of Florida, and it was a cyclical irrigation paper. And what he had found out that in things like uh, in sand, in Florida we grow in basically in sand, which back in the day, if you go look at in the 70s and you start looking up hydroponic stuff from the 70s and the 60s, they were using things like sand and styrofoam. They were using just completely inert medias, and they were just using these things just to hold up the uh, – just to hold the plant up. That was the media's job, was just to hold the plant roots up. But, um, yeah, these guys were doing things like, you know, watering a little bit six times a day, you know, maybe a, a minute or so, six times a day, and they were getting increases in yield, man. They were getting increases well, yeah, in performance. I mean, I can see in theory, and I don't probably you'd say in science potentially, but my thought was, okay, if I'm growing a plant and its roots are in a solution, because I, I like the deep water culture, um, and that solution has always got everything that plant needs available as well as always stays within, you know, the proper pH range. Um, like we used to say before on the show, it's like, man, I got like a race car there, dude. Like everything's full on. It's like uh, everything should work perfect. And then in that sense, I could agree with accelerated growth. I do think the growth I've seen in uh, veg and deep water culture is like, dude, I, at this past two days, the way it's, if I could just stand down there and look real closely, I'm going to be able to see it grow. Right. Um, 
But the the, the opposites for why I switch is what we, we could get into. Because I ran... Well, let's talk about the different types of hydro, man. No, like, thank you, man. You fucking took the words. We must be hanging out too much, man, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Let's define them because there's from super complex to super, super simple, man. There's a lot of different ways uh, to do hydro, man. And hy- hydroponic, what it means... Uh, yeah, I don't know what it really... I guess it means just uh, water, right? Grown in water. Hydro. Water water, works, dude. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what ponic means, but... Um, yeah, so it, it's things where you're really using the water as opposed to the, the soil. Most of the time holds a bunch of nutrition, uh, and there's a lot of nutrition available in the soil. You know, things die in the soil. The bacteria and the fungi, they die, and they stay there with their full bellies, and, you know, that's, that's what makes that soil. Um, when we're talking hydroponics, we're talking about just recirculating uh, our nutrient solution. And all the nutrition from the plant comes from the nutrient solution being, you know, bathed over the roots constantly. Yeah. And, well, and then the different types, there's a few for sure. I mean, technically, even the way, you know, I'm growing my, my one-gallon veg plants in cocoa right now, straight cocoa, that's technically hydroponic growing. Uh, but I call it, you know, people call it like soilless, uh, growing in a media, but sure. there's NFT, you know, that's nutrient film technique for hydro. I've never really done that in an active system. That's where you're, you usually have a bunch of smaller plants. Um, it's good for, and, yeah, it's good for the shorter crops, man. Like things like microgreens. I don't even know microgreens, but like things like lettuce, things that grow in a few weeks, you know, you're done your crop in 21 days or something like that. Yeah, and then the, the, it has a a little a little you look at it like a little river, man, that runs. That's the nutrient film that constantly yeah. runs in these channels where your roots go into, and then it goes back to the reservoir, typically, and recirculates. And that's just a way that your plant's roots are always bathed in solution, a lot of oxygen. Um, in this, you know, area, because it's not like deep water culture where your roots are not fully submerged, but a, a good grip of your roots is submerged. Um, well, the oxygen comes from the nutrient film technique. It's a really thin, uh, a really thin film of water that comes down. So the more water, since it's a thin film, there's almost all that water is touching the surface. So it oxygenates yeah. itself that way, you know, just by just contact to the surface. Um, but that's something you see, like you might maybe when you're researching, you'll see NFT systems and whatnot. Usually they have a lot of plant sites. You know, I see a NFT system in a four by four area that has plants you know 60 plant sites or 100 plant sites because it's meant for just 100 little lettuce plants or something but that's yeah. not re- not really applicable to growing weed at least not not that i'm aware of there might be no people it's that definitely it. not it's <laughs> not the greatest i mean if you're in a real small setup and you want to have fun and gr- try and grow some like bonsai weed plants it'd be good but otherwise you know the most popular setup would be the flood table probably the right. easiest to operate and the most inexpensive is having a uh, reservoir sitting on the floor, and then you have your your plant growing table directly above it. A These are those four by four, four by eight trays. Yep, and a pump will flood that table to well, whatever height you. Go ahead. Doesn't need to. It doesn't need to. You um, you can either. There's two different kinds of of basically. I would say I would say if we're going to define this system, you're using rock wool. I would think you're either using the rock wool blocks and you can get, you know, little four inch blocks or three inch blocks or six inch or eight inch blocks. Or you can use those big slabs and you're using rock wool and we're going to wet that rock wool periodically. Or people uh, use cocoa, too, in net pots and just sure. use a type of, you know, film that it doesn't 
come back out of the pot. I've seen people use uh, smart pots is a pretty popular one to put in a table filled with cocoa, like a four by four tray with a bunch of two gallon smart pots filled with cocoa. Sure. And like, that, so that's full hydro still. Yeah, definitely. Cocoa is hydro. I was going to get into that next. But um, the one thing I wanted to say is that you can either uh, bottom feed. They use these things called ebb and flow tables, which means that, you know, just like the tides ebb and they flow, they go in and they go out. Um, the water raises and then it lowers. And it's just a way to wet the wet the cube. Um, so that's an ebb and flow. But I think it's what's really popular these days also is just putting drippers on there and just top feeding them. Uh, you can do that as well. And both of those are considered hydroponic methods. What makes it hydroponic is the uh, the media that you're using. Yeah, definitely. The, you know, the mean, rock wool or the the lava rock or whatever you want to call that stuff. The hydro corn. Uh, Hydroton. Yeah, or no. Yeah, they change it from like hydroton to hydrocorn for some reason. I don't know. Some, something strange happened there a few years ago. Yep. There's a hydrogen uh, uh, fiasco. <laughs> when you're talking hydroponics, man, and you can also just use plain water as a media, too. And when you're talking, just one real quick rule of thumb in hydroponics, the more media you have, so the, the bigger the, you know, you said people are using smart pots, uh, other people are using rock wool slabs, uh, other people are using the little uh, balls, the little hydroton balls or whatever they're called, and other people are just using plain water and nothing and air. Well, the less media you have, the less buffer you have to hold the water and nutrient solution. So for somebody that's using rock wool slabs, if their pump goes out, you know, or smart pots filled with cocoa, if their pump goes out, they're probably okay for a couple hours, man, maybe even a day or two. You know what I mean? They could probably hand water for a little while. Um, it's not so, it's not such a huge deal. If your pump goes out and you have no media or you're using like a, the hydroton balls or something like that, or just using deep water culture, which is just water and air, man, you're screwed. You're screwed in like a, an hour. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's definitely a weak point. I mean, that's where we're getting and when you get into deep water culture which probably mo me and you have the most experience with um yeah you can have a pump failure you can have things go bad and you still got time because if you know your roots are down in the water then you still have some time to correct things I mean, you don't want to wait more than the light cycle or anything but that was definitely a negative factor same as you know cloning machines for me man it's like i clone so easy with my dome and rock wool and it stays wet for like four to five days i don't need uh I mean, granted, I, th I do see the Easy Clone like 200 site or whatever. Looks kind of neat. I've seen them in commercial setups where um, it's like that is pretty convenient, man. And it depends, I guess, if, you, if you're doing a clone machine, um, it is going to transplant better into a hydroponic system. So, like, if you're, take, if you're doing a deep water culture system or uh, most popular, the uh, General Hydroponics Water Farm site, one site, um, you can if you can clone in a cloning machine and get that nice root structure growing that you can transplant right into a hydroponic system those plants seem to take off a little quicker than if you're transplanting like an oasis cube or a little rock rock wool cube with sure. media into it don't you think yeah yeah definitely definitely i think we're all over the place here man i think we should have wrote in a format down man there's so many aspects to hydroponics oh, man that's all right we're driving them all, man. <laughs> we're just gonna keep driving them it doesn't have to be fully organized i mean it's uh, just it just keeps reminding me as we keep talking about different systems. So we talked about the you know the ebb and flow NFT. Let's talk about what we know the most about and about what what's up with deep water culture and like why it what are its advantages and uh, yeah what, what's your well, experience with that man? 
Yeah, I mean, anytime that we're talking hydroponics, like I said, the the more media that you have, the more buffer you have. Um, I will say the less media you have, meaning, you know, so what I mean is when you have like rock wool slabs or something like that or a big, you know, pot of cocoa, um, you've got a buffer there. You know, you've got a huge reservoir. You know, you're going to put that that water and nutrient solution in. It's going to stay there for a little bit. The plants are going to absorb it. And, you know, in Coco's case, the next day or two days later, whatever it is, you come back and you hit them again with more nutrient solution. And, yes, mm-hmm. cocoa is, is, you know, theoretically hydroponics. You're supposed to water cocoa every single time. And uh, uh, since the media is inert, uh, it's feed high- it every single time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, feed it every single time. Okay. And uh, and since the media is inert, yeah, it's hi- it's hydroponics. Um, but uh, with deep water culture, there's nothing separating the the aerated uh, nutrient solution from the roots, and it's constantly our our DWC means recirculating deep water culture. It means the nutrient solution is constantly recirculating. What you get there is super high performance because these plant roots are constantly make being. Uh, you know, contacted with a fresh nutrient solution, with a circulated and fresh aerated nutrient solution. So that'll give you super high performance if you're able to keep something like that going. You know, the the perils of that is is that you know when you've got that much air, exp- I'm sorry, root root zone exposed to air, um, man, it's really easy for pathogens to take hold. And uh, yeah, you, know, you got to have water water temperatures clutch right. I mean, running chillers, I've always ran chillers with um, my, my deep water culture systems, uh, quarter horsepower, tenth horsepower chillers to keep that water solution. I would try to keep it yeah. at 68 to 70. And what that, uh, what that has to do with is the hotter the water, uh, the hotter the water temperature, the higher the water temperature, uh, exponentially, the less oxygen that water can hold. Um, so at 80 degrees, the water can hold such a small amount of oxygen. You can have air stones going like crazy in there. They're holding a tiny amount of oxygen. You get down to 65, 70, you know, 68, 69 degrees, the water can hold a substantial amount of oxygen, enough to really make plants thrive. That's why if you're doing uh, anything where you're doing recirculating, you know, whether it's NFT, anything where there's no media at all or deep water culture, you really need to uh, or should consider investing in a chiller um, because if the water gets past 75 degrees, you're really inviting pathogens. You're really inviting, you know, you could come in one day and this used to happen to me, you know, back in the days when I didn't understand everything that was going on. Uh, you know, nowadays when something happens, I don't move forward until I understand what that problem is and and solve that problem. But back in the day, you know, it was a little bit of superstition and whatnot. Oh, man, that plant, <laughs> you know, yeah, man, that one plant died. As long as if I only lose one plant this harvest, I'll be okay. Um, but, man, you come by and some, one plant would look like shit or something, had some root kind of disease, then nothing it just the next day you'd come back and everything would be dead man i mean there's just no uh barrier for this stuff to just spread from cell to cell to cell when you when you're doing hydroponics man so it's uh really a fast moving system and it's dangerous 
dangerous and fast moving. It it is dangerous, man, to do because you're exposing all those roots to the air, and it's just not natural, man. That's not how they're naturally able to grow. We're able to trick these things into growing. You know, I shouldn't say the air, but an aerated nutrient solution. And yeah, it tricks these plants into growing really fucking fast, but pathogens can grow really fast on those roots as well, man. And they can move through your system because it's all connected as a recirculating system. You know, you've got six or eight buckets chained together with some, you know, like a, a manifold type system or, you know, some hoses at the bottom. Man, it don't take long until, uh, you know, until it spreads everywhere. Yeah. And that's, you know, you're saying with all the way things can keep moving, you got to be around too for a, hy- a hydro system. You either need to have your pH control automated which that arena is coming down in cost. Scotty always used to talk about how he, you know, figured out how to put things together from a dosing pump and um, just buying some cheap parts. It is getting pretty affordable now, I think, to buy some. A doser is something that's going to monitor and adjust your pH in a system. And typically, um, you're going to want a higher, you know, I wouldn't do this for a little 20-gallon res. I'm talking systems that have a little bit of a higher water volume in them, but you need to be around at least a couple times a day, I would say, to perfect um, a hydroponic system. The pH adjust your reservoir. It's super important in hydroponics, uh, and it can swing drastically. Depending, Sometimes it can stay steady. depends on what the plants are doing, what the plants are uptaking, what phase of growth you're in. Other times, it can really swing. Like you can get, you know, I adjusted it to 5.7, man, I am good. And then it goes down to like 3.9 that by, you know, within half of the light cycle. So you keep in mind that like uh, my only analogy, you'll have to come up with some more creative ones, Scotty. Like running a race car, man, that thing's always being tweaked on, dude. Does a couple, you know, whatever amount of laps and then it comes into the pit and gets tweaked on. So I was watching something about race cars. It was this guy from Fast and Loud, and he bought a dragster. He bought into a drag team. And between runs, just between, you know, they go down the driver for eight, nine seconds, you know, come back, and they pull the fucking entire engine apart, man. I mean, the whole thing is rebuilt, man, between runs, man. It's insane. The heads come off. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so and, yeah, it's just crazy the amount of work that goes into a drag. So it's it's not as bad as a dragster, I guess, but it's just one of those things where you know think about a pump that's running twenty four seven because it's recirculating. You know, it's constantly recirculating. Well, after you know three months, you know, or two, or, you know, two and a half months, you know, you did a month of veg and you you know you know whatever uh, a month and a half into flowering well that thing's been running constantly now for months and months you know um, i'm sure the impeller's getting dirty i'm sure that there's a you know so you've got to really maintain this thing so you have to have a pre-filter you know like a spongy filter on your uh on your pumps now that thing's going to get clogged up. You're going to need to take that out maybe once every three or four days and just as preventative, uh, you know, be cleaning that thing. It's just the air stones for some stupid reason, man. You would think an air stone that constantly had positive pressure coming out of it wouldn't clog up. But, man, the air stones that you have in each individual bucket, man, those things can get clogged up very easily. And, man, go try fucking replacing an air stone. And, you know, you've got this huge monster, something that's going to yield a pound and a half, two pounds of, of, of bud. And you've got to go and change the air stone because the air stone starts getting clogged. And you don't <laughs> think you're going to do some root damage to that thing? So, I mean, we'll there are some... some of the some of the downfalls or reasons why reasons why I've switched over from hydro. Yeah, there's just some things that where you really need to want to maintain 
You know, if you if you want to maintain a system and you're in there all the time and that's your thing, uh, cool, man, go for it. You know, I will say yeah. when I when doing hydroponics, I used to look at it. You know, I have a pump for my chiller, you know, and then I'd have a pump for the recirculation, and then I have a pump for the the top feeding recircul, you know, recirculating drippers that I ran, you know, and just all this different stuff. And I'd be like, man, there's got to be an easier way. You know, there there really does have to be an easier way. You know, there's some guys that, you know, this shit grows outside on its own, man. You know, <laughs> I mean, dude, I'm growing plants outside by running a sprinkler system and throwing some fertilizer on there, you know. So it just makes you, I don't know, made me feel like I was kind of doing things the hard way. You know, after, after a while, I decided I was going to try to work with nature and not try to replicate her. I almost felt like, you know, you've ever seen the artificial heart? And the artificial heart is this like machine that's like the size of a room, and uh, you know it's got all these wires hooked up to it, and you know pumps and everything like that. And you're like, damn, a regular heart sure does work good, man. You know why not just work with one of those? So. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the amount of uh, the work, and uh, you know, depending on what you're using in your system, a cleanup time can be hard, or it can be, you know, not that bad. Uh, but some people just want to do it too. I get it, man. Some people don't like, you know, comparative to people that want to be a, you know, DIY or DIY, do it yourself LED builder, uh, have plenty of money to go buy their own unit, but they're having fun. That's just like some of these hydro growers really like, you know, to tinker and have fun with the system. And I'm, I'm down with that, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, a, tri- a guy who builds his own car could go buy one too. <laughs> you know, he's not doing it cause he can't buy one. He's doing it cause he likes to build shit. So you're totally right. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's most of the systems, man. Again, not not a damn thing wrong with them. Uh, being stealth as well, we've talked about that before where, you know, a grower, you know, wherever, just like, you know, Chance said the other day, we're like, well, what's the best hydro store down there in Texas you got? And he's like, uh, by me, man, Home Depot. It's the main one. So sometimes you don't have options or you're in a strictly, uh, you know, prohibition area where you don't want to deal with any media. You don't want to be seen carrying anything in your house. You don't want to be having to. You don't have anywhere to throw out media. You know, it's like you're in the prison yard That's, where you're taking out little bits of the cell at once. Like every day, you leave, <laughs> you take a gallon of your used uh, cocoa out, and throw it yeah. in the neighbor's yard. But, yeah, I mean, and uh, that's a, that's a big consideration is that you when you do hydroponics, you don't have any media, you know, or, or you can do it without any media at all. Yeah, you know, maybe you start rock one hydrogen, but yeah. Yeah, you might start, you know, but I used to do it where I literally had a little bit of hydrogen in in a little starter cube or whatever, you know, or or a starter cube or a little starter basket, and then there was nothing else. I mean, the one bag of hydrogen, you know, A, you can research, you know, you can wash that stuff, but, uh, man, it would last me forever, you know, because that's all I had was a little Dixie cup full of hydrogen. But, um, yeah, man, so that's a benefit. And another thing is water. I mean, I think hydroponics was really, you know, started or, or, you know, one of the main benefits of it is it takes very little water to, uh, you know, to do this. So if you're somewhere where getting good water is difficult, uh, hey, maybe, dude, there's, I mean, shit, we're in America here where you just turn on the faucet and plenty of water comes out. Dude, there's places where it ain't like that, you know, or water's either really expensive or, you know, it's just, just not easily available or at least not available the same way that we have it. So to go and just be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing uh, you know, I don't know. It takes about 20, 30 gallons a day to run my, uh, my downstairs garden. Fuck that man. (laughs) (laughs) So you gotta, you gotta do it on two or you gotta do it on a half. Uh, hydroponics is super water efficient because you're recirculating the water for the most part. Um, so that's one consideration. 
Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of systems out there too. I think one of the most recent ones I looked into were the, uh, I think Autopots might be a type of hydro system. It's supposed to be pretty interesting to work with, pretty easy. Um, General Hydro's had the hydro or the water farm out forever. If you just want to try a one one site system, um, that's not that you know expensive or water, whatever. It comes with a water farms. You... Oh, sorry, man. Yeah, go ahead. I was just gonna say they were my choice, man. They, they used to be my choice back in the day because they have a big reservoir of uh, of not not reservoir. They have a, they have a top bucket that is filled with hydroton that is filled with with media. So it just made it a heck of a lot easier to get things going than when you just you really had to know what the fuck you were doing to get the plants to root when you uh, when you just had a you know a little teeny tiny Dixie cup you know a six ounce cup full of of uh of hydrogen you know and, and your media man you'd have to get the water level perfect and you'd really have to get your bubbles just perfect man in order to get those roots to come on down into the uh you know into into the bottom and that's yeah. what we're, what we're trying to do when we do deep water culture is you start with a plant that's kind of hanging up you got a five gallon bucket you know you can make these bigger or smaller but the most common thing is you have a five gallon bucket with you know a few inches of water in the bottom maybe six inches of water and an air stone in the bottom and uh, you're uh, you're bubbling the, that air stone, making a little, you know, making air bubbles to come on up, and you're trying to get that that plant up top there. That's maybe what a foot above it. You know, it's hanging a foot above the water. You're trying to get the roots to grow down. You're coaxing the roots to grow down into that airspace or into that uh, into that water, that aerated water. And dude, sometimes you can hang out for weeks trying to get it going, man. Sometimes if you take a little tiny clone with, you know, two three inch roots and you put it down there, it can take a solid ten days till the till the water actually hits the roots, man, of of the bucket. Oh yeah, that's a you could, uh, be careful time. You got to be top watering and really watching yeah. that. Yeah, and a lot of people don't tell you that if you're trying to do that and you're trying to uh, get those to, to go down into the water, you have to top water them exactly like the dude says, like frequently. Like we would put, uh, because it's hydroton, you could put a, a, a lot of water on there without overwatering, but we'd have them watering four times an hour sometimes, you know, just keeping the thing constantly moist. And that was the trick to getting them to, uh, you know, getting the roots to extend down. Uh, in, into yeah. the water and the, the, the also they call like that one bucket a cell so if you're ever talking about deep water culture guys and they're talking about a six cell system or a 40 cell system each bucket they consider a cell there you know each plant spot well uh, i will give before we change it up here my my pick as far as if you guys are you know newbies to hydro or indoor growing and you do want you know you're gonna get a smaller setup something as small as and there's plenty of ways to make your own hydro setup but getting a two by two tray and having uh, whatever light you're going with over it, but a two by two tray with your reservoir under it as the, a flood and drain or ebb and flow, if you will, is probably your least expensive. You don't need a pump for irrigation to drip on it. All you need is one pump. It floods your res. It returns to your res. You keep that pH adjusted. You can go with rock wool, hydrogen, cocoa, whatever you want in the tray. And that's probably the easiest system, I think, to start wrapping your head around how, how hydro works. So... That would be yeah. my pick for actually. I was thinking about that when I recommended the water farm. And the first water farm I got, I had to really, I started modifying them right away. Like I'm gonna drill these holes bigger. This should be bigger. Uh, and just started, just started ranching on it immediately. Yeah, but I mean hydroponics can be complicated, and it can also be really simple. I mean I've seen hydroponic systems where it's uh, 
like a you know a Tupperware or something like that or some you know you could use a tray if you wanted to but you could even just go buy something from Home Depot they've got these under the bed storage containers that you can buy um, and you could literally just drill a hole in that thing get it you'll have to get like a through hole fitting or something like that which is you know allows you to put a hose onto it but you can just take a bucket like a five gallon bucket and attach a hose to it um, and just raise the bucket up. And you just put the bucket on like a table or something like that, so the water drains into the into the uh, uh, you know whatever this this Tupperware or whatever you want to call it into your container, yeah. and then you just put it back on the floor, and the water drains back down again. And you do that like you know for 15 minutes a day, once a day or something like that. So I mean, these things can be completely. Uh, you know, w- without pumps, just a, a really simple system. It doesn't have to be complicated at all. And for something like that, you just use like Rockwell cubes or something. Hell yeah! Well, I think uh, that was enough enough hydro for now. Hopefully, we didn't ramble. Well, I got a couple directions. more things, man. I got a okay, couple okay. more things. Roll, roll um, with it. Hydroponics can be either uh, uh, active or passive, and like a passive hydroponic system is just something where you don't really do much, man. Like I want to say, like, uh, so would you say the ebb and flow is passive? Uh, no, it's, I think it's active because you actively have to pump water Push into the water it. Up. Okay. Yeah, but what would be passive would be like octopots. That's a good example of a passive hydroponic system. I think they actually call it like shallow water culture instead of deep water culture because they've got maybe three or four inches of water in the bottom of this thing. Uh, just like it's like a Dr. Cracky kind of, kind of. remember we talk about him. Or I like talking about him because he was the guy that figured out that as long as you have a space of air, where the you know between the water and the media you know you have water in the bottom of an octopot then a, a few inches of air and then the media well then uh, the plants can do okay there man i know it's counterintuitive man but the plants can actually sit in water at that point so what happens like in that kind of system is the roots actually wick up the water uh in an octopot there's a little bit of the media in the water as well that can wick it up but in a uh in a lot of these passive systems like you can have a passive system uh, dr cracky has some things where you just take a five gallon bucket or you can take a garbage can he's got one where you just take a garbage can fill it up basically with you know this is supposed to be ultra simplistic and this is back from the 70s but um Let's see. That doesn't have a... Uh, no, I don't know. Maybe it's not back in the 70s. It says Dr. Cracky BA 2004. So maybe Dr. Cracky's not as old and ancient as I thought he was, man. He sounds like <laughs> it. He sounds he's, old and ancient. It does, man. I thought... Cracky. But he's from... He's in Hawaii. He's from Hilo, Hawaii. And he's doing okay. things like taking a little bit of miracle Grow or a little bit of... of you know, powdered nutrients, putting them in a 30 gallon reservoir, you know, mixing up six, 700 parts per million of, of miracle growth at, at, uh, in a, you know, so it's what, 20 gallons in a 30 gallon reservoir. He's leaving a nice bit. I'm sorry, not a reservoir, a garbage can. He's doing this stuff real practical home Depot style with a garbage can. And then he would take like a cucumber plant and start it out there, get the water to hit the, hit the roots. And he would do nothing to it, man, completely passive. So just the roots would wick up what they needed and, uh, yeah, he would grow huge cucumbers like that, man. So it's kind of cool, man. Uh, I do think that you can do some things with hydroponics and I know, you know, pretty much cannabis based show here, but with all sorts of stuff, with peppers, with lettuce, um, with anything you want to grow. Some of these passive hydroponic systems where you fill up a garbage can or, um, I think there's, man, there's golly, I, I can't remember his name. There's a really good, um, 
M.I. Gardener or something like that on YouTube. There's a really good YouTube channel where the guy's doing hydroponics and uh, it, he's doing tomatoes and stuff like that. And he's using, I think that's probably where I learned about Dr. Crack. He's using like a floating raft where it's like, you know, a bunch of lettuce starts or a bunch of, of, of starts in a piece of styrofoam that's just floating on a... Uh, you know, basically floating in a reservoir, and I'll be damned if this boy don't yield, man. I mean, it's pretty amazing, man. Am I Hydro Garden, maybe? I'll have, to, I'll have to look up, but yeah, it's pretty interesting how simple it can be, man. So it's just something to think about, man. The more you look around and see the other ways that people are doing this stuff, the more inspiring it is, and man, hydroponics is not expensive to play with. You can literally go, I used to get stoned and walk in the to uh, Wally World over there, man, and just look at all the, like, the Rubbermaid section, you know, and I'd be like, oh, this is a perfect reservoir right here, and, oh, man, this would be a perfect, uh, you know, this is my perfect tray right here, and this is before, you know, there were there were many hydro stores around, so kind of just something you can go and hang out at Home Depot or Walmart and in, in, invent something. Pretty fun, man, and there's all sorts of stuff available online. Dr. Cracky, if you want to learn about him, uh, it's B A C R uh, Cracky C R A T K I. I don't know many people have a silent T in their name, man. No, <laughs> I would have never but, guessed. Yeah, but I really encourage all y'all if you're interested in hydroponics, learn about the fundamentals of it, man. Learn what makes it work. Uh, you know, learn the benefits and the Achilles heels of it, and and you know, see if it applies to you. If you've got all, you know, tons of water and, and a great uh, source for, you know, cocoa core and nutrients, man, I would say, you know, I, I don't know, I might not do hydro. Uh, if you're somewhere where, you know, supplies are short and, or, or you just really like this, you know, this style of growing um, where you're really technical and into into, into keeping the machine running, uh, hydro would be cool. But hydro is definitely like running a machine, as to where a lot of these other systems uh, are like growing a plant, you know, really, really getting back to nature. And I, I will say that cocoa is a real, it, it's considered hydro because it's an, in a, an inert media, meaning that the media doesn't have any nutrition in it. But um, it really does, it's the perfect, uh, uh, like, combination of hydroponics and soil because although you feed it every day and you know you're feeding this inert media man it really once you start feeding it it acts like soil you've got that buffer to where you can screw up a little bit come back and your plants are super dry and you can just feed them again like you did with with a regular plant and uh, everything's back to normal so you know it's cool it's cool thing cool way to uh to give hydro a chance, you know, if you like the idea of feeding every single day and, you know, just hitting them hard with nutrition, but also like the idea of having some kind of a buffer, uh, you might want to try cocoa. Give hydro a chance, man. <laughs> give hydro a chance. Give hydro a chance. I don't know, man. I don't think I'd wear All that right. T-shirt, bro. Give Is cocoa a chance. Man, I was, in California. Wrap up? I was in California and there was guys that had the T-shirts that said, I love the cocoa. And uh, I wanted to buy one, but I thought it might be misconstrued, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Well, you ready for jumping on over to a whole bunch of LED talk? whole bunch? Uh, sure, man. Sure, definitely. And what are we going to do? Come back and, and put it in the bag, talk about our grows. I got to talk about yeah, what's going on yeah. in my grow because uh, 
God damn, I've been putting a lot of work into that thing. As a matter of fact, as soon as I'm done, uh, I'm going back down into the grow. I actually woke up this morning excited to jump into my grow, man. What's up with that? I'm back. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. And hey, I do want to say, man, I met guys like uh, uh, the Colorado Magic Board guys, man, real inspirational, real smart guys that do great work. Hung out with a guy named Nick, a real good grower that really inspired me to where I was like, dude, I want to build a beautiful grow, man. I want to build a great grow and, and, you know, something really impressive, man. So, yeah, I'm down there. I just was trying to get the uh, just talking about lights and stuff and just just putting together my uh, uh my new room man and i tell you what i like the lights i don't even know what i'm running yet with as far as lights go man i'm just putting together the air right now man i'm worried about air and temperature and when all I right have that you'll tell us in, all about it shortly <laughs> sorry man i, I, I jumped shit off, man i had to cut you off yeah um, man, come on cool guys we'll be right back man enjoy the led talk here with brendan and uh as well as the other uh, gentleman, Pat, you said, I believe. I don't think I've Yeah, man, Pat, Pat from Ontario. These are kind of two dueling, and I shouldn't say dueling because as far as I'm concerned with this stuff, whether it's microbes or LED, yo, I'm out to, to uh, learn about the technology and kind of push the technology, man, the whole category of technology. You know, I thought, you know, when I came into this, I thought LEDs were bunk. Now I'm learning that there's all sorts of options for them. And not everybody's the same. A, not everybody can spend 1100 50 bucks on a light and uh and and b some people just uh have different requirements they don't want a thousand watt replacement man they need a couple hundred watts for a cabinet or something like that so yeah i think this is really this is like the duality of led man but the uh category <laughs> the category of led is blowing up man you're gonna see all all sorts of um new I don't want to say technologies because the technologies are there, but just new efficiencies coming out, man. You know, there's, there's, there's new chips that come out. Um, and there's just people that are really starting to play with these things and do cool stuff with them. So hell yeah, man, let's hit it. Word. We'll be right back guys. And after the led talk, we'll tell you what's going on in our grows. Right. I'll let you in a few. Yo guys, we're hanging out, man. Having a, a grower sit in, uh, LED light guru sit in with Brendan from Spectrum King, and of course Scotty and and Scotty in the skin. How you guys yeah. doing? Oh, I'm All doing right, good, man. I'm doing real good. How about you, Brendan? I'm I'm good today, man. It's a, it's a peaceful day in the neighborhood, so to speak, for once, and it's a it's like perfect weather outside for a change we had it really hot out here for a while it was it's perfect today for a change my la friends tell me it's always perfect in southern california man well they're just tooting their horn i'm, I'm <laughs> i've traveled the world a bit and i i got my own version of perfect i guess but to, to, to me it's just just right man <laughs> <laughs> well let's talk we're gonna get in a few things today guys we're just gonna have some general discussion see what's been going on over at spectrum king i did notice you guys um had the i was checking out the video before we started today um with results from round two, and that was maybe I don't know a month ago or something. You guys put that out. That's it. That's a few months back already. Yeah, time's blown by pretty quickly. What strain was? Did you guys use in that? That that was Blue Dream the last test. Okay, right on. Yeah. Uh, right on. Yeah, I think overall, look, you guys were averaging. I thought it came to what one point was it one point five uh, per light or something like that on weight. It was one one well depending on the reflector it was one point seven and one point eight, but yeah, we had one point five on on a different light. Well, that, then, um, you said depending on the reflector. Let's. That's one question. Uh, somebody came in on right. the DGC, and we talked about it before. But I still, I want to get it down again. Mm -hmm. Where because okay. I'm using the uh, the bigger one, which is what the you the have the ninety, the yeah, 90 you have the ninety, which I yeah. I've you've told me I believe if you have the height, um, 
you know, yep. and whatever yep. else you're gonna grow bigger plants, use the ninety. If you're gonna if you don't have the ceiling height because it's not as a thick, I would say thick reflector, uh, use the other one and you wanna grow more plants, maybe in three to five gallons of the biggest size containers, or is that how does that work? Well, with with the one twenty degree reflector, you know, that's really geared more towards your your two and a half to three foot tall plant people, your scroggers and so you know like anywhere from one one to three gallon pots. You okay. know, I know guys doing nine plants or some guys do 16. I think that's a bit crowded, but, um, I had some guys, I did the 120 and I did them in seven gallon pots just to see, and I put five plants in there and it did okay. But again, I let the plants get over four feet tall and that's not what that light's meant for. I just did it to see what, you know, worst case scenario it still gave me great, great quality, but they're the same wattage, really, most of them though, 440. Yeah. It's the same light engine, same driver, same wattage, exactly the same, only the throw of the light is difference and obviously focusing a little bit in makes it a bit more intense um you get more focused on your four by four whereas the 120 you can cover a five by five you know for your shorter plants yeah is, okay. actually, is this like an actual lens that goes over the you know like is there are there optics in here that, that that goes over the light or is it just a piece of glass or how's that work well okay on the 120 it is a polished aluminum ring that's that's geared out so it's throwing out the light at 120 degrees it's beveled out you know on the inside gotcha the okay. 90 reflector is is a two-stage insert inside the shroud that focuses the light over a 90 degree area okay so the, okay i'm getting the reflector confused with the lens right fair, fair yeah. enough okay because in, in the led world you kind of have three things you're gonna you're gonna hear regularly is optics lens optics and then you'll have you know reflectors on some of them, most of the guys really have diodes that are throwing in the generally 105 to 115 degree angles, and some guys will put little shallow cups around them to kind of focus them a bit. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I was reading it through some of the comments, you know, trying to get some info for hanging out today, and man, it still amazes me the uh, the heated arena of LED talk and people that yeah, yeah. want to be. Some, it's, it's 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 pretty wild, wild west out there in the LED world. Well, like I've said it before, I mean, unless, you know, and I've, you know, met you out at this last trade show, it's like, unless this guy is just full of shit, I mean, you do the tests, I see the results, you're getting the weight, and I mean, I've been telling people also, of course, hey, it's not all about the weight, how much did it, what was your yield, what was your yield, what was your yield, you know, well, well, this has been this, you know, the best smelling island sweet skunk I've started growing, definitely the most trichrome production, or trichrome, if you will. Oh, and, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I, man, like deliciousness. And picking and choosing too. I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna. I want to run another. Uh, another round with a different strain, so I can have the true feedback. I gave it a couple runs, you know. And uh, I have a week out until I'm in eighth week, and I'm just sitting here watching my trichomes now, looking for the coloring, and it might go to nine weeks. I'm not sure. But regardless, when I see, I'll say the facts is what I like to go off of. And there are yep. so many variables. We were talking about just before we started the call today. Um, another grower that has a grip of lights and of, of, of Spectrum Kings, and his garden also had some mite problems. Um, so when people do have some negative reports or issues, you got everybody out there has got to remember every grower is different. Every growing environment is different. This guy might have it perfected. This guy might have it seventy percent perfected. But all that affects you know your yield, not of course just the light. What are you putting into your grow? What's your CO two? What's your nutrients? So it's pretty hard to Absolutely. get conclusive results unless. Uh, yeah, you know, you're doing stuff over and over in a in a, you know, like lab type setting, which can be hard hard to do. It is and, and real real life happens in our gardens whether we want to admit it or not, you know. Um leave a door open, whatever. 
have a power failure, a pump quit, something, you know, it's a, any, anyone that's had an absolutely perfect run every time, I would like to meet them. Generally, <laughs> something happens. That's you know? why I try to automate as much as I possibly can. People say, oh, right. you're lazy, or the plants will like you more if you're in there, you know, hand-watering every day. Man, I, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm not perfect, man. I, I you know, Me being steady for 100 days in a row, I don't know. I wouldn't yeah. bet on that, man. <laughs> I, I, I try to call it idiot proofing for myself because, you know, there's days when I just, just got too much on my plate and I'm like, did I, did I feed or did I what? Did I, you know, and I'm like, oh, shh, you know, too late. Yep. I was watering with a green light on my head yesterday at uh, 11 o'clock at night. The dude and I had a, uh, a meet and greet down in, uh, in, uh, Shit, where were we, man? Colorado Springs. <laughs> Way to grow down in Colorado Springs. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're someplace far from home, man. Anyway, but yeah. um, I had a great time. It showed up at, you know, at home at 10, 30, 11 with, uh, uh, you know, God damn, man. I put it this way, man. I did not feel like uh, going in the garden and start evaluating and working for another two hours, man. So I just went in there, put the green light on, watered some plants in the dark, which is a no-no anyway. But, you know, like you said, man, a lot of times, you know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's that steady, man. And, uh, yeah, got got through it, man. But, yeah, every, everything's not perfect, man. And how do you... my, my, my last mistake was the pH probe went bad. And I, you know, I was it's being stubborn going, it's got to be something else. And then I, I cooked a bunch of babies because I didn't. I mean, I calibrated. It said it calibrated with the solution, but the the probe was toast, and it was giving really far off readings. Man, I just cooked fifty beautiful OG ninety ones. Man, it's got to be a hassle for you because you're a light guy, man. You're studying light technology, yeah. man. Now you're just hopping into the growing, I guess, just to prove a point. No, no, I, I've I've been I've been around the shall we say the, all sides of this game for a couple decades. Oh, really? Okay, um, I didn't know that. I th- I really thought that yeah. you were a light guy, just a straight up light guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I got heavily into light because you know Rami. And Anor, the brothers, and the David, the other partner. Um, Rami's been in making lights, commercial and otherwise, for eight, eight years or more, and I've known him that long. And um, I've always pushed his buttons because I was the one, the biggest shit talker to him <laughs> years ago. Like you know, Len, you want you want me to pay this much for? I could buy a fucking car for that man. And <laughs> right, my, you know. And and uh, he was like, dude, this work really works. Go, it really works. Look, I don't want a two, I don't want a two inch butt at the top of a plant. And what? cracked me up about that is you know fast forward five six years and uh i started putting around with him again we really say let's let's try some i want to try this i want to try that you have stuff because you know he's a tinker and the two of us together two guys with add we come up with all kinds of crazy stuff and we we slapped them together and we said i'm going to test this thing man but i'm going to get someone else tested because uh so i got a master gardener and i said hey throw these up and tell me what you think and he did a run he goes i need more and i said well and rami maybe we should start making these for people because you know I think full spectrum is definitely the way to go. And um, I'm shocked today that I still see plenty of people doing the blue and red. You know, different philosophy. I'll leave it at that. But Yeah, I mean, um, I, I've seen the blue and red. And we've had people with, uh, you know, Mars and stuff like that that have contacted us and said, hey, man, I bought this light. It was only a few hundred bucks. And I have a small closet grow. And it worked for me, yeah. man. And, uh, you know, we, we try not to be, you know, of course, Spectrum King, we, we work with you guys. We're, we're happy to uh, be working with the, the brightest LED that, that we could find, man. But there's different strokes for different folks. We do all sorts of yeah. nutrient talk and all, all sorts of stuff, man. I talk about these diodes that I'm playing with. Um, there's all sorts of situations for different people. So I do believe in the yeah, LED totally. tech technology and uh, i really do believe that that your light is the one to look at as far as the the bright white led just the one that's going to yield right now man i don't say i don't really trust anything that i can just look straight into the into the array and uh, and not be if blinded you can look at a light source 
if you can look at a light source naked eye, it's probably not going to grow plants well. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> what I'm thinking, yeah. man. I mean, I just yeah. like the idea of bright light, man. I've always just something to believe I in. Like the, the, when I, and all I know is that when we went for, I said, let's go f- make this effort bright as hell, as bright as we can make it with power, you know, keep the power down because the whole point is to try to save energy and heat. And when we got it really, really bright, the plants just start jumping. And the, and the beauty of it was there was no gray area involved because you could see everything clearly because the light's full spectrum. Sure. So yeah, I found that my, my plant diagnosis was laser quick. Like there'd be a day or two under HPSs where I might have a CalMag deficiency and I couldn't really see it. And then under these, it's like, oh, shit, jump on it now because it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're looking to combat that yellowish green that they get. And, uh, right. You know, so if you're looking under a yellow light, it certainly doesn't help that. <laughs> no, no, exactly. And like on some of the other LEDs, like you were mentioned earlier, different strokes, different folks. I got a bunch of European dudes I know that grow really quality stuff, but they grow it in like a two by two area that's maybe five and a half feet tall. And right. Grow like one cush bush in that little closet. And I call them closet cases. And, you know, <laughs> They'll, they'll they'll come at me with you know because with a bunch of different languages and I'm I'll be busting out on Google Translate trying to figure out because I speak a few languages but you know sometimes I'll get in there like what the hell and I'll read what he says translate I'm like oh this guy's making his own thing and he's asking me about spectrum okay because like you mentioned earlier Scotty there's plenty of dudes making their own lights and I'm cool with that I like everyone to advance the technology because it is the way to go sure but you know then you're gonna come down to is that cob truly giving you that many lumens per watts because the substrate you put it on is substandard you know a lot of the the homemade kits or the the off-the-shelf boards you can buy there are rating you know for resistance to transferring heat away isn't that great so you could take a a really good cob you know like uh, there's a few companies now that make some good ones and not just Cree and if you're putting it on a a lesser quality substrate you're kind of negating it's like you you bought a Ferrari engine and you and you put it on a Pinto transmission. You know it's just sure. not going to, you know. So it's getting all those parts together that that is the hardest part. It's finding the best diode to put on the best substrate with the best thermal you know release and separation and, and delivery away from the unit, and then trying to take out all that secondary stuff that you don't think about. Yeah, you I was a cheap fans. To, put in your light that's just going to guaranteed failure on you yeah i was just gonna say i was a little surprised I, I somebody sent me a few diodes and i was uh i looked at them I, I actually i have some electrician friends and i was like hey man i got these diodes man these are you know i'm pretty sure you just snap them on uh you know you glue them to a heat sink and that's it man and i started looking at them and i, I couldn't even tell which part was the diode when i was looking you know the diode <laughs> turns out it was something you know, it was a bunch of things on a sheet of they look like a sheet of paper to me and then i, I yeah. all of a sudden i started understanding then i started uh, emailing my buddy that's sent him to me he was like yeah just make sure you drill and tap your heat sinks really clean when you do it man and make sure you're grounded and and i was just like oh fuck man like this isn't easy if you're if if you don't seat that that cob or a diode whatever type you're going with if you don't seat it properly and get the the, a good seal to the heat sink or to the substrate board you got popcorn It's, it's not if it's it's when right right yeah, so I do appreciate the fact that you guys uh, kind of grabbed your balls, what, a, a year, 18 months ago, and, and designed this thing and, and went into the manufacturing yeah, process we with it. Um, we, were three runs, we were three runs deep before anyone heard our name. I wanted to make sure the damn thing worked before, you know. 
Sure, sure. And and being in, you know, have, having my own company, I understand the the work that goes into that. You don't just show up a, a week before and you know, and come up come up with a beautiful light, man. There's a lot of development that goes into that. So, I uh, have four guys trying to agree on something. You you've been in a room trying to get four guys to agree on something. It's not the easiest thing in the world to do. So, uh-uh. well, how are you guys um, doing on that? Being uh, this far in now, I mean, in a nutshell, unless you know how many lights have you sold? What's your uh, I don't know your um, failure rate. I'll say. What is this? A stockholder to... meeting here? What yeah, the hell, man? man? Full on. I want to know, well, man. The stockholder. Well, um, I don't look at the the the. I know we're well over. I think we're close to three thousand already sold this year. Wow, man! And, All right. Uh, I would have to double check. I'd have to double check that. I stand close to it. I know, and I've you know, and some of my really big accounts are opening up. I've, I've finished their testing, and now they're starting to place orders. So it's it's a uh, it's happening. All right, now, it's, are you uh, guys mostly? Definitely- Mostly wow, domestic, right. or you guys do a lot of overseas? Because I know overseas, man, like six hundred, just lower wattage lights have been uh, have been yeah. Uh, a I trend just did over a, there. A, a, I've done two trips to Europe this year. In uh, in June, I went all over the UK. I went to just about every big shop in the country. Our distributor over there is HID Hydro Industry Direct, and uh, Andy, Liam, and Paul, the guys. We we hit the road. We hit it hard, old school. And open up doors, and when people and all I would do is plug the light in, and the first thing they'd say is "fucking hell, that's bright," you know. And uh, <laughs> crying gaze, you know. Oh, totally, and you know, that's me, my worst eighth British accent. But I would see it every time. <laughs> it was just so funny. The guys would say, "That's not a fucking LED, is it? It's not an LED. It's too fucking bright." I'm like, "No, it is." <laughs> and um, after a while, they they agreed to it, and then all of a sudden, I started selling. I've sold, you know, over three hundred to those guys in the past couple of months and they're picking up like exponentially, which is nice. Then I went to Berlin there. There's a huge German distributor over there that sells a lot of lights. They don't sell any LEDs, not one. Cause as far as they're concerned, they don't work. They've tested everything and they don't work. Right. So we literally just sent them their test light. And when I went there in person and put the light on for them, they went from LED stuck to we have a production facility in in Bulgaria. We make things here in Berlin. Like they showed me the, whole, the, the you know the grand tour, the thing. Like I was a visiting dignitary, and it was pretty, it was pretty funny because Andy from HID was with me, and he's like, "Wow, we're getting a grand tour. This is big." I said, "Well, have you ever done this for you before?" He's like, "No, mate, they haven't." I'm like, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, man. There's definitely something. You don't have to be a genius to look at that light and know that it's uh right. it's the new way, man. It's some next level yeah. shit. Well, what are you seeing? Anything else with uh, before you had mentioned, and I, this is my idea here. With you know, after this run, I want to get some shatter made out of uh, this island sweet skunk, and I'm oh, saying, like, God, yes, the extract factor, yes. Yeah, what's um, up with that? Like, I, I think you had one last time we had you on the show. As far as it was a guy that had a part of his grow or X amount of lights just for the plants that were for extraction. Like, what benefits are they seeing? I know the ones I'm seeing, but um, as well as uh, go ahead. Do you take your do you take like when let's say you know you're 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 trimming and you're taking this and that and you got your you know your top shelf you're putting in the flower jars and whatever's left you're gonna make some extracts with. Let's of that weight you have left before you make your extracts. Do you weigh your dry in versus what you get back out of it so you know what your percentage is? I haven't fully no. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't one, by definition, one of, man. <laughs> one of my guys that is one of our, our advanced testers and our early adopters is. He measures down to the tenth of a gram of everything he does. He's that ain't Damn. And right he's the one that said, listen, I get 11 to 14% return on my dry white in like clockwork. 
you know, unless you can beat that, I just don't want to hear it. I said, well, how about this? You do the run, you use the light, you do the extract, and you tell me what you get. Right. And and now Tom, it doesn't have any lights but mine in his place. He slowly, every every run, he gets more, he swaps out, and he's, his place is filled with my lights because he's an extract farmer for the most part. He still sells flowers to people, but he's a compassionate care grower, so he's dealing, he makes his own RSO, Rick Simpson oil for cancer patients. He makes CBD oil for people with, with um, what's that, seizures, um, Epilepsy. epilepsy yeah and he's he's doing all this kind of stuff and his own dad has cancer and he's treating him and his dad's like a you know a former police chief so like it's a big deal you know right he's doing all this and um he said he's getting 20.4 to 22.1 percent like clockwork with the same strain same nutrients same room just change the lights Wait, so, and what was he getting before? 11 to 14? 11, 11 to 14. 11 to 14. Now he's getting 20.4 to 22.1 um, every time. Same genetics. Now, it probably didn't change his overall yield much, I'm assuming. It was more in what the light's doing, you know, for the flowers. His, his overall yields were comparable to his HPS, his thowies before. In fact, he was happier with the way the plants looked under the LED, just because even his lower-hanging fruit, as he called it, was still viable. Okay. Like he, like he, before, he he was so anal that he would take like literally the, the top six inches of the central buds from his HPS, and those would be the flowers he sold, and he make extracts with everything else. So he was just he, if it didn't look perfect to him because he's really he's got OCD bad, which is a good thing when you're testing, but <laughs> yes, you don't, you don't ever want to offer to help him in the garden. Because he will he will keep you there and then go back <laughs> back through it and go back through. No, dude, I, I think we missed one. I think we have to get back over there. I'm like, dude, we got it. It's cool. All right. No, he doesn't understand but, the meaning of the word. It's cool, man. <laughs> he, he just he's on. It's like someone flicked the on switch and he's going. It's just how he is. Right. And um, uh, he's extracts. I mean... And now this is four runs deep now because he was one of our early adopters before the public even knew we we had the lights. He was testing, and. He swears by him. He tells anyone with ears because he gets what he wants from it. Now, do I do I want guys who are growing with PGRs to use my lights? Uh, there's an ethical question. You know, I, people are going to do what they're going to do, but I prefer they grow organically. That's just you know because it's safer and cleaner. And like Brett, like you said, your nose doesn't lie, and you know that that plant smells definitely a, a healthier, fuller bouquet than you had before with the same strain. Anyone with a room, that's why I was saying in the videos, I wish there was smell-o-vision because the aroma is just night and day better yeah. under our yeah. lights. Yeah, and I'm excited to see that transfer into some something that's going to go in my vape pen So and tastes probably yeah. phenomenal. Do you do like coconut oil or what kind of oil do you do to make yours with? Uh, no, we actually got somebody that hangs out in our crew that has a uh, Terp, Terp Extractors is the brand, but an extraction machine butane. Uh, through them at the butane and vacuum pump oh, and all that okay. jazz i mean i wouldn't say it's probably my favorite method but out here mm-hmm. in colorado we've been uh there's plenty of places i can just go buy oil or shatter mm-hmm. or wax but you know all these grows were just in the news too as far as you know there's a guy out here called trim buyer and you know leaf people buyer. buy a leaf buyer there you go people will buy leaves yep. from him and make all kinds of shit so for me it's like I don't trust what what's in the product out there being made commercially. Yeah. I don't so, want to dog out Leaf Buyer, man. I think it, that's just a name that he stuck with. I think he's changed his business model completely because of, be, of the yeah. laws. So I don't want to dog him out, man. Good point. I am kind of no, ignorant no. to exactly what's going on, but I, I have a degree of mistrust unless it's my own flower, we'll say. 
yeah, the origin of the plant. That's my. That's always been my thing. Is uh, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to survive some pretty bad stuff, and uh, the last thing in the world is I want to put PGRs or things or carcinogens in my body with my family history. Hell no. So, um, if I know when I grow my own plants, what I'm getting from it, that I don't mind making those things. But you know, there's still those guys out there, the uh, the gangster growers who are blowing it up, and uh, we were just hanging with them yesterday, man. <laughs> have you seen this stuff it's like it's like a cellulose you put in there and like it's kind of like turns to jello and dries inside the plant so it makes the plant heavier but it's not actually safe for humans it comes out of australia it's no way yeah. like it's not even it, 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 it's it's the weirdest fucking thing uh i think they call it um what they call it w8 i think they just call it weight oh um, right sure i got a bottle of it sitting here Wait, there is a product called W8. Wait, sure, for sure. Yeah, it's from the massive. We got uh, someone. We got massive. Remember? No, no, not that. No, that's no, that's the that's the Green Planet nutrient. Sure. One. That's not that one. Sorry. Yeah. That that Canadian stuff is that's actually good stuff. That Canadian one. I'm, I may I'm mixing up, but it's 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 a weird product. So it Except goes story, in the plants. I'll, I'll find it for you. To I'll add find weight. it for you because uh, I saw you know kind of in California, it's not legal for sale in California, and one of these uh, back of the truck special dudes came up to us. I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> no, no, thanks, man. No, oh. thanks, man. No, 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 you, you're trying. You bought it really. I'm, no, thanks. Yeah, you're, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> don't say it here unless you want a whole bunch of people using it, man. <laughs> what? It gives more weight? <laughs> no, you know, it's, listen this way. If you, if you could taste, you know, the best steak ever and you found out it was from grass-fed Kobe beef, it was, more, it was slightly more expensive, but it was completely green and healthy. And then you get some guy who gives you a bigger steak that looks awesome, but it tastes like ass. That's why they the got choice really and prime, it. man. That's why they got select you know, choice yeah. and prime. Oh, definitely right. not. Right. You know, so many cuts, so many cuts, just like with, with the weed world now, the strains, man. I mean, I can't even keep track of the. There's so many new names for strains that actually are the same thing that it's it's getting hard to follow these days. Yeah, it's a little bit silly. Yeah, but we're going to come out they with a strain. One thing in Washington, another thing in Canada, and a different thing in Colorado, but in Holland, they call it something else, and it's all the same genetics. Oh, that is interesting. You don't have the Spectrum King strain out yet, man? SK? No, no. I, I'm not going for a strain. Actually, it's funny you said it's that. only for LED growth. <laughs> one of the seed bank guys wants to work on a thing like that. I'm like, dude, I'll, you know, I'll grow this. For, I'll grow directly from seed for you if you want me to try that, but um, I don't see what you want to do. He goes... I want to breed my plants with your lights because I'm like, all right, well, go ahead. Here, you know. Sure. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a geneticist, man. Um, I'll admit there's plenty of people way better and more knowledgeable about that than me. But as far as taking a plant from eight inches tall to harvest and everything that happens from there to the, from you know that point to the end, I'm all over it. My eyes, I can't help it. It's 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 my own version of OCD. <laughs> I stare at plants, um, like. I lose track of people, but I'll see every detail in a plant, you know? I like just, it. Hey, Brandon, give me back to your lights and, and heat, man. You know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm always fighting heat here, man. I'm, I'm really having a hard time. I can't wait for summer to be gone, man, so I can start growing again. I literally had to take the last six weeks of summer off uh, because of the heat of my HID lights, man. Um, you know, I, I went on and started talking about LEDs and kind of educated myself while, ta- while talking to the crew. And uh, actually, the crew really did help educate me. I, I should say that. And, uh, man, I... 
really thought that there was a tremendous amount of heat savings. And what they told me is, hey, man, a watt's a watt. If you're running 440 watts, you get 440 watts of heat. You know, you might get the equivalent of 1,000 watts of light, but you get 440 watts of heat. So if you have, you know, 10 of those, you get 4,400 watts of, of, of heat. Does that make any sense? Or to help, me, help me make sense out of all that. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two contradicting things, yes and no. Um, a watt is a watt in the simplest of terms. They think a one watt equals heat. But the problem with that statement is that it's the efficiency of the light source that also comes into play. So, for example, uh, the best Hordelux eye bulb is roughly 38 to 39% efficient. So that means there's a minimum, it's producing 38% light, 61% heat. And that's also so, the first time it's fired up, too. I mean, what happens three months later? Right, right. Well, it, it, well if, you, if you've got good airflow and a good bulb, I mean, it'll, you'll get a couple runs out of it. You know, maybe not three, but you'll get two before you'll notice that something's up and you need to replace it. But that heat, so that's 610 watts out of a 1,000-watt bulb is the, the, mo- the most efficient one out there. Right. Is getting you 610 watts of heat and, and 390 watts of light. Now, you, you take an LED, which is not going 360 degrees. It's, it's more of, a, of a, a focal point source, if you will. It's throwing maybe 120 degrees, maybe 105, depending on the diode and the lens that's yeah, on it. Yeah, let's, let's hang on that, that statement for a second, because that's a really important mm-hmm. thing to know. When you have a, a you know, the LED, I'm sorry, the uh, HPS light, or any HID light, it's round, so it's throwing that uh, that's throwing that light out in a three hundred and sixty degree you know circle, and so you only need that on what maybe one hundred and twenty degrees. If it was one hundred and eighty degrees, you'd be getting the walls and all that stuff. So right, you maybe right. one hundred and twenty degrees is like a big wide triangle that's good from the light down to your plants. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's a, a completely different. When light reflects, it loses a yes. lot of power, man. So when and depending you, upon this. The, the quality of this specular aluminum, you know, a lot of the hoods, they have like that, that hammered aluminum inside them. Right. What, what most people don't know is that, you know, they'll make claims that it's 96% reflective or 97%, whatever the number they come up with. But just like anything else over time, that degrades. And after a couple of runs with a little bit of dust gets in there and the aluminum actually starts morphing from the heat it's suffering in thermal breakdown, you're losing reflectivity of your hood also. Not just the light bulbs getting dimmer, your hood's actually losing the ability to reflect it over time as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime you're reflecting, there's just a lot of things that have to be perfect in order to get efficiency. You know, your you know your lens, your uh, your hood, uh, man. So I just think that to be able to take reflection out of the picture, and and when we're comparing a light that has a hundred and ten, hundred and fifteen degree. Uh, you know, uh, throw, I should say, uh, comparing that to a 360 degree throw. I just think that you're losing so much efficiency with the 360 degrees, man. I mean, it's just bouncing yeah. all over the place in the, in that hood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why that LEDs with, with using less power can give more light because the light's going where you want it to go from the get go. It's not being thrown 360 and then having to be re- redirected back towards where you want it. Yeah, that's super important, man. The light is 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 generated and thrown right at the plants. It doesn't have to be thrown all over the place and and bounced all over the place, man. That's big for me, man. Mm-hmm. The light goes that's, that's, coming at the plants. Coming at you. <laughs> yeah, when I when I learned more, you know, obviously I'm I'm digging in, digging in, learning as much as I possibly can. And Rami's been you know telling schooling me for six to eight years now. Um, a lot of guys will buy reflective material. 
And what they don't realize is that the manufacturer will claim it's whatever percentage reflective. 99.999. They never, but they never, it never gets that truly. And worse is that it doesn't mean it reflects all colors the same. And that's one of the things that I learned the hard way when we were, we were trying to make the reflector insert for ours different and we we're working on stuff that we realized that one of the suppliers of aluminum was sending us stuff that was just eating the blue. Like it wasn't reflecting blue. I don't know how the hell. And so the light was red and those plants were stretching and this is test lights were, you know, making a couple of years ago. And I'm like, right. what the is going? And I said, I'm going to just take the reflector off me and one of my fits. Just take the fucking thing off and see what happens. And then we put another plant and another, then the plant didn't do it. And I put the reflector back together and, and I put the glass on. And I'm like, here we go again. This bitch is stretching. What the hell is it? And then we finally figured out that it was the material the reflector was made with. When we got different material, it stopped happening. Damn, but, man. You know, I was stumped for a couple of weeks. I was angry. Like, what the hell is And I didn't realize that depending on the quality of your reflective source and what you use, like even the barium white paint is the only thing that truly reflects all colors the same, but it's super expensive. That's what they put inside those spheres that they, they, they give you the light readings from. They'll tell you that a light bulb gives you 135,000 lumens, right. which your plants will never see because it's in a perfect world scenario inside a test chamber. That's a 360-degree orb that's round. So every possible bit of light is being thrown back to the sensor to measure. They uh, don't interesting. Take into account, they don't gonna... take into account the fact that the heat it produces can't be anywhere near the plant. Well, maybe we should start building orb-type grow rooms, the plant, you know, right in the center of it and mounted, hung somewhere, and the light just goes around it. Oh, I With like that. that. What, what paint you said? It's, it's a, I know white reflects. It's a, bar- a barium, like it's a barium, B-A-R-I-U-M, white. It's super expensive paint, but uh, it's the only thing that, I, that, I, that I, after all the digging I did that I know that lasts and is truly reflects all colors the same. Interesting. See, I want to see your yeah. orb grow room, man. It's not going to have any Sweet. floors, man, you know? <laughs> well, that's what no. they're going to have. Space Station, that's what they were thinking about for NASA was trying to plan that thing. You know, because no gravity, and they could have the plants spinning around a central light source, and that would establish some gravity for the plants, and the light would stay static. Now, um, hey, Na- NASA did work. They were trying to work on these LED lights, weren't they? I thought they were trying to grow food in space or something like that. I thought that they had some kind of program going with LEDs back in the day. Yeah, after the first um, launches in the late 60s, they decided to see, well, we're going to build a space station. We have people up there. We need, we need to have, people need to eat. So let's figure out what we can get to, to, to get plant starts and simple food for people to be able to sustain life. And that's when they, that's when the old red and blue thing came about that plants only use red and blue for chlorophyll A and chlorophyll B production. And that the rest is just wasted energy. Ah. Well, that was 1973 when that paper came out. NASA themselves have since disproven it multiple times as what plenty of other people have in fact there's been some really good papers this year released from major international universities about the quality of light that if you're if you want to nerd out a bit and read these i'll send them to you but how about you read them and just tell us what they said (laughs) in a nutshell plants do use every color of the spectrum for different reasons and that's what and brett's nose can attest to this indirectly that I said I wish I had smell-o-vision because when you give plants full-spectrum light, their bouquet, their essential oils, it's, it's just a different playing field. It it's just smells so much nicer. It's, it's really enticing, and it's the full-spectrum light that's doing that. And the other paradox of all these guys saying plants don't use green light, they reflect it because that's what their color is, and that's how you know. Um, again, I would say it's a yes and no. The top leaves of a plant 
do reflect more green light than they absorb. However, green light has the bandwidth to transverse the canopy to get to the lower branches, and it actually interacts with red and blue. And that's why our plants on going with our lights have viable flowers down low too, just like they would an outdoor plant does. Because again, plants use all colors of light for different parts of the plant and different reasons. Um, if you want to do vegetable starts and only do red and blue, you'll have nice heads of lettuce. They won't be the tastiest, but they'll be nice heads of lettuce. Have either of you guys actually ever grown a lettuce plant to winter flowers? Uh, no, just tomatoes and peppers would be my only other outdoor plant I grow. Yeah, I think I've One left. I think I've left some of the lettuce on my hugel mound till it uh, till it's flowered. Yeah. So you saw a six foot tall lettuce plant with 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 seeds and stuff up top. I wasn't six foot, but yeah, it comes like this. No, it came out. This big stalk came out the middle though, and there was a uh... big stalk within the 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 the, the, the um what do you call them? leaves get smaller and kind of angle upwards more as it pops up to the top. And then there's like a head with some flowers and a seed ball in it. Right. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's, if you grow a plant to that point, the red and blue light aren't going to cut it. The, the NASA paper was based on starter food, getting growing basic food for people to be able to eat. Yeah, that does make to... sense, man. I see people, you know, that have success with these Spider-Man lights, but they're doing things like microgreens and lettuce and whatnot sure. in, indoors. Wheatgrass, wheatgrass for your, for your power shake in the morning. Yeah. You know, perfect, perfect. That it's again, it's the application. When when I when people said to me, I'm I'm want to grow flowering plants and I want to grow medicinal marijuana. Well, if you get great results with that and you're happy with it, okay. If you want to do better, I'll gladly show you. Because I've given up with so many people hating on it and to tell me you know, the, the amount of crap that I get from people because I'm just telling the truth and I'm and I have customers who are telling the truth that say we don't know what we're talking about. We're a snake oil salesman. We're this. We're that. I show people for a reason because I got tired of other companies making these outrageous claims and having zero proof to back it up. Yeah. Not a lab test, not a third party weigh in, nothing. You know? Just a garage um, full of lights, man. That's all hey, speaking got. of lab tests, I was going to mm-hmm. test is that dry flower? Because I do have some Island Sweet Skunk that was still, that was grown under um, HID lighting. And then uh, I wanted to test it versus. This is the same cut here under your light. Now, you just provide them with dry flower because I've never gotten a lab test done. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I only send a test in, you know, when, when, once we cure, it's like two weeks after, then I'll send them in. That's what okay. we've been doing. Okay. Um, if it's older than that, it might be a little bit weaker, probably if depending on the jar and if you aired it out, whatever. But um, and just like anything else, it's eat it while it's hot, so to speak. Um, you don't want to age it too long because it, it will degrade. Yeah, and the other one was probably, maybe it's been the jar in the perfect curing area for three months, but I can't imagine. I mean, when I smoke it, I don't feel like it's degraded at all. Yeah, no, so. no, no. Kept it, like I said, if you've kept it in the right environment, you've, and you, then it's it's still going to be pretty damn close to the same it would be then. It's for people who open close their jar 20 times a day. Just, I just leave it sit in the sun in my window cell, that's all. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Well, right on, man. I think uh, that was good. I don't, I don't think I have much else, man. Do you, Scotty, other than uh, I'll have my results here, man, a week to 10 days potentially, and then I am going to get the test because I am interested. In, 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 I don't think it's too much, and I'm pretty sure here in Colorado they allow, even if you don't, I don't know, one way or another, I'll be able to get a test on it. I don't know if it's for medical patients you get a, only. You get a test it. You know, even if you go through your dispensary of choice, whatever, somebody to get a tester for you, whatever you got to do. But yeah. Can you get some close-up pictures just before you harvest of your trichomes? 
Uh, yeah, I can actually take. Yes, I can. I have a sixty times. Um, oh man, a sixty that times gets... digital scope that will get uh, pretty good picks. Wow, so. you might need a, a tripod for that to keep it still because that'll just be that'll, that's bud porn right there to me. Cool, I'll get that. That's a good idea. Right? I'll get some of those yeah. for sure. Because one of the things I want people to see is the trike formation. Because, you know, for lack of a better example, trike formation under LED plants, especially under lights, it looks like a bunch of dicks at a bus stop. They're just standing up. You know, <laughs> you can see the knob, the head, you can see it clearly. And if you take it under an HPS or something else, it, it looks like nuclear fallout, you know. And that's where you're losing a portion of your, your THC, your CBDs and everything, because they're being melted by the limited bandwidth of the heat. Yeah. Being deformed. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you that, man. From that, you know, and when you keep your trikes intact, that's where all the love is. Especially if you're a trike farmer and you're going for extracts, it's a win-win, flat out. Yeah, I can like tell you it. that. Heat, heat destroys THC, man. That's for sure. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, man, if you guys are listening and you're digging it, uh, check it out over at uh, Spectrum King Lighting. What's the website? It's not SpectrumKing.com. SpectrumKingLED.com. There we go. And coupon code DUDESK, I think, is still kicking over there if you guys want to get a good, better deal on one. And if you want to hear from me, man, keep tuning in. I'll have results. Uh, some bud porn, as Brendan says. That's a good idea. I, gotta, oh, I don't to get that's that. That's the six- best stuff, man. I'm sorry. You, you, you got to have your – because – you get your bud porn out there and you show what you're growing. Cause I'm, I, you know, I'm seeing your plants in the video and I'm going, I wish I had some close ups of those nugs. Those things are looking yummy. <laughs> you know, if I can find a way to develop some smell of vision, I'm going to do it because it, it, the aroma alone will open up most haters eyes. And they just smell the plant. Just, I hope they don't make smell of vision for regular porn though. That'd be disgusting, man. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably straighten a bunch of people out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. I'm going to lose my internet connection over that, Scotty. What if that's a bad image you put in my head? <laughs> uh, well, thanks for hanging out today, Brendan. Um, thanks, of guys. course, we'll keep you in the loop with everything going on with the, the, the grow here and Dudes Grow. And, guys, we'll be right back uh, with uh, some more of Dude Grow show, of course. So hang in there. Uh, Scotty, hold the line. I will hold, we'll, man. We'll be right back, guys. All right. Brendan, thank you, my friend. Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. Diamond. Hell, yeah. Awesome. All right. All right, cool, man. Um, yeah, it was pretty casual, chill. That's how that's how I like it. Not, yeah, not too, uh, and we're gonna yeah. have you back as, uh, for the for the results show, like they say, man. We're gonna be talking results and gloating in our victory glory and all that good stuff, buddy. So nice. Yeah, it should be what a few weeks from like now. The the cops and stuff, but if you have any more of those those LED building questions uh-huh. and things like that, yeah, feel free to bring them on. I'll explain everything I can. Definitely, definitely. I've got another. I, I was talked to like an an electrician that builds his own LEDs, so I figured maybe we'd pair that up with this, and uh, you know, kind of the do it yourself kind of. You know, I it, it's confusing at the end. I think after we talk for a ha- me and this, this electrician talk for a half hour, the takeaway is that you need to be an electrician to put these things together. And then I think we follow it with the Spectrum King interview, kind of talking about all the successes we've had, and I, I think it might be a good mm-hmm. pairing. Okay, cool. I get it. Makes sense to me. All right. Awesome, Brennan. We'll holla if you need anything. Otherwise, yeah, we'll be in touch here, and probably within a couple of weeks, I'll have the at least. I won't have my testing done, but I'll have it all down right. and, and dried up. I'm thinking so. Sounds Thanks. real good. I well, appreciate it, guys. And if um, if anything else, call, text, email, whatever works for you. Sounds good, man. Take it easy. Take it easy, Brennan. All right, Mandel, dope. 
One plant, one season. We put in work out here. Hole diggers. Up early in the morning when I'm watering and feeding. One plant, one season. We put in so much work and yet no one's believing. All for one plant, one season. When the sun's down, I'll be watching. I ain't leaving. One plant, one season. Cause we put in so much work, but yet no one's believing. It's one plant, one season. In January, I'm shopping for my seeds, looking for the new strains and the cross breeds. In February, I'm chopping down some trees. Cause all day sunlight is what I'm gonna need. Now I'm up in March. Let my seeds sprout, paper towel for the start, rapid root is what I'm about. And tech lights begin to grow, rotate them into thousand watt, that's if you really a pro. Through April and May, then here comes June, I've been digging holes, tilling the soil and making room. 400 gallon smart pots, soil by the yard, mud on my shirt, hands dirty on the farm. Up early in the morning when I'm watering and feeding. Much work and yet no one's believing. All for one plant, one season. When the sun's down, I'll be watching. I ain't leaving. One plant, one season. Cause we put in so much work, but yet no one's believing. It's one plant, one season. Now let me take them back a step to when my seeds root. I transplant them using white widow when I do it. And all this time I'm waiting to see a female They don't know how much work we put in before the weed sells Planted in June, time aligns with the moon Two months of strong veg until they go into bloom That's July, August, need water every three days Sixty gallons each, life ain't easy for the ganja farmer these days Common choppers fly low And raiders come around and try to take what others grow I'm from the mountains, cannabis is what I know Putting blood, sweating years, why I keep a crossbow Up early in the morning when I'm watering and feeding One plant, one season We put in so much work and yet no one's believing All for one plant, one season When the sun's down, I'll be watching, I ain't leaving One plant, one season Cause we put in so much work, but yet no one's believing one plant, one season. In September, paranoia is hitting every grower. We tying branches up to keep the buds from falling over. And I've been sleeping in my tent now that it's got closer. Everyone can smell it in the air in late October. Before I pick, last two weeks flush. Getting ready for the harvest, get to hanging them up. Don't trim it before I dry it, let it hold that smell. And next month, turkey bags and fiskers go on sale. Still putting in work, November it's time for trimmings Eating like Thanksgiving, this culture, this way of living Till December, we clean it up and do it again Cause I got love for the breeders who put in the work in Making pie in the morning when I'm watering and feeding One plant, one season We put in so much work and yet no one's believing All for one plant, one season When the sun's down, I'll be watching, I ain't leaving one plant, one season Cause we put in so much work But yet no one's believing It's one plant, one season They tried to take away my recharge And I said no, no, no Yes, I grow the tank That's just like money in the bank I'm in the no, oh, oh 
and do yourself a favor and grow some dangness that you can savor. Cause I'm growing top shelf with recharge. The proof is in the smoke. Recharge is a natural soil conditioner that takes the guesswork out of growing. The secret is in the biology. Recharge loads your soil up with organic beneficials that store and deliver nutrients to the plant as needed. In traditional or organic gardening, Recharge makes growing amazing quality simple. I got the time to buy seven bottles when one's just five. Why you try to take my Recharge when you can get your own one? Hey y'all, Scotty Real hanging out and uh, got my buddy, my LED buddy, Pat from Ontario. What's up, homeboy? Oh, not much. Just relax. How's it going? Are you? Nice, man. I'm just about to relax, man. I was just hustling for the day, man, and then uh, just slapped some paint in the grow room, man. Just uh, really getting ready to redo my grow, man, and I'm getting ready to put some LEDs in there, so... You know, me and Pat have been talking a bunch, and we've been, uh, you know, he's been trying to school me on uh, just these, you know, you know, I'm interested in uh, playing around with the new technology, and uh, Pat's been one of the, the the bugs in my ear telling me about some really cool things to try. So, um, yeah, I just got a couple diodes in the mail, actually. What are they, the CXB, what are they, 3590s? Do I have that right? Yep. All right. I'm, I'm talking diodes already, man. Now the the deal with the deal with LED LED stands for light emitting diode. Uh and what I'm looking for when I when I pulled these diodes out it was a real trip. They literally are what? What would you say about 2 inches by 2 inches by maybe a 16th of an inch tall? Yeah. Yeah, about that. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and it's crazy. So now that's the part that's going to glow, that flat glowing, you know, chip for all yeah. intents and purposes. Yeah, basically, it's a bunch of little chips mounted onto a big, basically, it's ceramic for the the Cree chips. So they mount them on a whole bunch of small ones into this little area, which is called the light-emitting surface, LES. And yeah, they're all lined up in either series or parallel, depending on if you get the 72-volt version or the 36-volt version. Yeah, okay, man. So what I'm seeing here is kind of like a decentralized lighting system. So what I'm seeing is you've got I think uh these are, are these the diodes you're talking about, they're 100 watt diodes, is that right? Is that what they is that what they're referred to as? Well, yeah, they can be run. They can be run quite a bit. Like you can run I think some of the Cree ones up to like um I think like two and a half amps, so two and a half amps times, you know. 36 you, you do the math you know it's quite a bit you can run them like almost 150 200 watts some of them so. gotcha gotcha so but the idea that we're trying to do is run them you know at substantially less power i think you said that the most efficient they can be at is when they're running at like 20 percent power is, is that right yeah when they run lower the less the less losses and temperature droop and all those kind of things which equate to higher efficiency so with these guys these these would be good i mean what i'm when i originally think of a you know 75 watts of led first off i think it's probably equivalent if i'm running some 75 watts of led it's probably equivalent more to like 125 watts of uh, of hps light i would think somewhere around there you know they they are 
more efficient as far as they put each oh, yeah. each watt puts out more light. So I was just thinking maybe these things. Yeah. I mean, so you take two of these diodes and you have to mount them and all that stuff. But uh, at the end, I think you can do what between you need a driver for the diodes. So between. Uh, one driver can handle between two and four diodes, kind of depending on some some specifics there. But the idea would be you could take a driver, which is you know a seventy five dollar item, and wire it up to between two and four diodes, and you'd have you know the equivalent. If you if you got four diodes at seventy five watts, or we'll say at fifty watts, you got a, a two hundred watt light. You know, it's I don't know it's a four hundred watt replacement, but you know it's it's going to be a bright light for a cabinet or something like that. You know. I'd say maybe a 300-watt replacement. Yeah, well, you got to look at it like uh, an HDS brand-new bulb. You know, like it, they're like 36% efficient, so they just are easy. Uh, 1,000-watt, so you're getting 30, 360 power watts of usable light. So then you have another one, say a 600-watt LED, and it's running at 56% efficient, so you're almost at the same amount of power watts, but you're only running 600 watts versus 1,000. So you're saving 400 watts, which is almost half the power, and you're getting almost the same amount of usable light. Yeah. And you also got to think, you got to think, too, with HPS, is most of the light's reflecting, right? Not only once, but a couple times. Like 40%, 50% of the, the light that's reaching your plants is bouncing off the reflector. Yeah, it's bouncing off you're the You're losing hood. light there. Yeah, you're losing light everywhere. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's uh, de- there's definitely a lot of benefits. One of the biggest benefits for me, just pure laziness, is I don't want to have to clean the glass, man. I don't want to have to clean my glass every couple months, man, or a couple weeks, whatever, depending on the filtration I got. And I don't want to uh, have to change my bulbs all the time, man. That's driving me nuts having to keep up with all that stuff. Yeah, that's big that a lot of people forget. You know, like you're changing the bulbs probably every four or five six months you know so there's bulbs aren't cheap man <laughs> no they're well, def- for you guys kind of <laughs> a little bit better <laughs> a little bit better yeah 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 but, but i just like the and the one advantage i like with these diodes the thing that i like about them is to be able to spread the light out too so now now we've got these diodes yeah. i've seen pat is is an electrician and he's making he makes his own lights i seen when you make them they're almost like uh Gosh, I I don't know. They're just spread out, though, man. I mean, it almost looks like like an H or something like that. You know, it's it's really uh, it's what about they're about three foot long, and each and, and I think I saw one that you made. It was three foot long, each, uh, and it had three kind of fingers on it, and each of the fingers had four uh four diodes on there. So I imagine it a two yeah. two hundred watts each diode for you know fifty watts per diode. 50 times 4 is 200, and then there's three of these of, of, of these going, these lines of diodes. So you had 12 diodes at, at 50 watts. It's about 600, 600 watts of LED, um, and you're calling that a 1,000-watt replacement. Yeah, I am. <laughs> have you, have Math you... proves it, man, and I've seen people like grow, and it's definitely it's comparing to 1,000 watt for sure. Tell me about what you're seeing as far as performance goes. I mean, as far as the heat goes, uh, you know, the LED guys have set me straight and taught me that a heat watt is a heat watt. So uh, this is going to be exactly the same as if I put up four 600-watt uh, HPSs, if I were to run four of your lights? It's, it's pretty close. What you got to remember is 
HPS puts out a lot of like infrared light, which is basically heat towards the plants. And um, the LEDs, some most, I shouldn't say most, some of the, the heat goes off the back of the heat sink, which is not directed down at the plants like an HPS is. Like you stick your hand under an HPS, is going to burn you. You know what I mean? The LEDs are fairly warm underneath it. It's not the same, though. It's definitely not as warm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just fighting. But, you know, like uh, a watt is a watt is a watt. You know, like you put 600 watts in one tent, you put 600 watts in another tent, it's going to be fairly the same. The benefit is now you're running 600 watts LED instead of 1,000 watt high-pressure sodium. So you're getting cooler temperatures. You're running a lot less uh, electricity, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, now, what about air cooling, though? Because air cooling is a hell of a way to get rid of rid of heat. I, I've seen there's a couple guys. I think you actually shared the pictures with me of the guys that are building these. These diodes are like literally, you know, two inch squares or something. So, I mean, you can fit these a lot of different places. I've seen some guys that were putting them inside of hoods. Is that right? Yeah. How's that yeah, working? Some people put them in in hoods. It works pretty well. The the thing is, still the LED, like the light, the surface of it, still gets fairly warm. So if you're only cooling the heat sink, you're pulling a fair bit of heat away. Don't get me wrong, but there's still light, like uh, heat emitted from the light surface. So you're not going to pull all of that out unless you somehow get the LED in underneath and you're cooling the surface of it as well as the back. Sure, sure, but I mean. Even if you get, you know, okay, so we're starting instead of a thousand, we got a six hundred. Then we're removing, even if we're removing half the heat from the six hundred, that's a hell of a lot less heat watts in there now. A lot, it's yeah, a big advantage. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Oh yeah, nice man. Now you built that. You've actually you build them and kind of play around with these diodes, and I don't know if you build them for customers or just for fun. But I seen you showed me a, a seven hundred watt that you built, and you said it's a, a, a Gavita 1100-watt replacement or 1150 replacement. Tell me about that one. Yeah, I'm using, uh, what did I build it? I built it with the same setup basically as before, but I was running the diodes a little higher, so I was running it around 750 watts for the same 12, but I was getting, you know, uh, let me think here, probably around... 56-ish percent efficiency, so 56% of 700 is ugh, off the top of my head. I'm not 100% sure. Was it about 1450, something like that? Oh, oh, wait, what did you say, 50% of 700? Yeah, okay. 56%. Yeah, I don't know, 350 is half, so. Yeah, so, yeah, you're pushing, you're basically almost at uh, the double-ended replacement there with a lot less heat. You can crank it up to probably 800, and yeah, it would definitely replace the Gavita. And you're just using a dimmer for these? Is that what we're using? Yeah, well, I, you can buy different types of drivers. There's, like, the the top drivers you can buy, basically, now are Meanwell drivers, and you can get a couple different kinds. The first one is comes with a potentiometer inside of it, which is basically a variable resistor. And then there's another model that has extra wires on the driver that you can tie together onto the same kind of thing, a potentiometer, and you can vary the current that goes through the diodes, which varies the wattage up and down. Interesting, man. And all this, you just kind of got to really 
kind of get into it and, and geek out on it, really, if you're if you're going to get into this stuff. I mean, there's forums. What is the Roll It Up forum is a good place? Yeah, is exactly. That, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, what you find is there's a lot of – I don't say a lot of people saying the same thing, but there's definitely a group of people that have come up with uh, – you know, a best answer, I think, or, or some best practices for building these things. And this, uh, yeah, man, it's a, a Cree, what was 3590? Is that what they are? I, I, yeah, there's the CXA and CXB. CXA was like their first uh, model, I guess. And then the B is their newer model, which is a little bit more efficient than the original. And what a... The CXB 30... Yeah. Yeah, I'm listening. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, I was just going to ask. Uh, the CXB35. Hit it, man. You you go. <laughs> the CXB35. No, I forget what I was going to say. You go, bro. Shoot. I was just wondering um, as far as how you talk about binning sometimes. You say you got to get a CD bin or a CB, whatever it is. What does bin mean? What What does that mean? Okay, well, when they produce LEDs, not every one of them is the same. So, like, there'll be little problems, not really necessarily problems, but different different uh, things that happen during the manufacturing process. So some of them will perform better than others. So then what they do is they test each one of these LEDs, and then they put them in what they call a bin, which is, like, basically an efficiency class. So, like, there's a CD, and then there's the CB. So... Each bin up is approximately seven percent more efficient, but the more, like the higher the bin, usually the more expensive the LED is, and the less of them there are because they have a harder time making more perfect than some that aren't as great. And how does how does the bins go? Like, what's the highest grade of bin? Um, well, it depends right now, but for. You know, if I if I was ordering these, do I want a double A? Am I looking for double A? And you know, is you know, CD man, that sounds like I'm barely passing, bro. Sounds like my high school report card right there, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work necessarily like that. But on if you go on to the if you go onto Google, you Google um, Cree CXB thirty five ninety data sheet, and you go through the data sheet, and they give you a bunch of near the bottom, probably three quarters of the way through, it, it gives you the bins. So then right now for the CXB 3590, the 3000K, which is 3000 Kelvins, closer, pretty close to HPS, like that color kind of right, light. Right. It's definitely more white, but it's like a more red color. The highest bin right now is CB for 3000K, and then you can get 3500K, which is the highest one is CD. Gotcha. And, then and what do you 5, think about those? K, just... which is... Oh, keep going, keep going. I'll cut you off. The 5,000K, which is like closer to like a metal halide, there's even higher bins, close to like a BD bin, which is higher than the CD. So it just keeps going up and up. Now what's... Usually the higher the Kelvin, the yep. bluer the light is, the more efficient it is. What spectrum do you like? You like the 3,000s? You like the 3,500s? Yeah, it depends what you're doing. So 3,000K for flowering is i would say is the best it has the most red in it probably 12 13 percent blue so it's a, a more red spectrum for if you want to do both veg and flower with them i would do 4000k and then just veg i would probably do 5000k which is like a more blue like metal halide type light 
Uh, you don't like the 3500? I thought that sounded like a nice... Uh, the 3500 is probably, I would say right now, is probably the best because you're getting most pretty much all the red you get with the 3000, but you're getting a little bit more blue as well, which, you know, everyone says switch to a more blue spectrum at the end and your trikes go crazy, which the 3500K has like a little bit more blue in it and it seems to be producing a little better. Yeah, and this conversation is just intended as a start, man. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are interested in LED. They'll hear us talking about the Spectrum King. The Spectrum King's a really interesting light, and it's an impressive light. People are having good results with it. Uh, it's a thousand dollars, and it's uh, you know meant to be uh, you know the, what they they're calling it a thousand watt replacement. But my point is, it's a very it's a powerful light, man. So there's guys that are growing in cabinets. There's guys that are growing in closets, and uh, you know, just different applications where you might not want that light. So I figured that it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about how these, uh, you know, the do-it-yourself types are building their own lights. And you can build these at any scale you want. You can leave these at, you can build a 50-watt or a 75-watt LED. You can build a 150-watt. You know, you can build whatever you want, scale it up from there. So I thought for a certain type of, of grower, you know, the real DIY, the guy that installs his own air conditioner, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? That guy really might yeah. get this conversation and, you know, maybe it'd be inspire him. All these things are available. You can just go, you know, hang out in, in, in one joint, smoking one joint, man. You can have all this shit ordered and, and to your house, man. So trust yeah. me, I, trust me, I did it, man. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really looking forward to, you know, it's it's no surprise that I have heat problems. You know, I talk about them all the time and I I think maybe playing with these is going to be a, a way for me to solve them. If I can take uh 600 watts of LED and turn it into, you know, the same light I used to have to use a 1000 watt HPS for, man, I think that's going to, you know, I'm saving 40% of of my my power, you know, going in. Man, that's going to be a lot easier for that. My little wimpy air conditioner to handle, man. So I, that, that's what I'm <laughs> yeah, looking man, forward that's, to. That's why I got into it, too, because you can get away with a lot less power. You know, your power builds a lot less. And it's, Tell yeah, you what, it, though, man. These things are fucking expensive to build, man. I mean, like, honestly, I don't know how Spectrum King builds them and sells them for whatever, 1150 bucks or whatever they sell them for. Um, dude. Dude, I'm like at eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars in parts, and I don't think I bought it. And you know, a couple other things I still think I need. I mean, this shit is it yep. ain't it ain't gonna save you money. That yeah, you know, I should say it'll save you money on the ass end, but on the front end, you're gonna pay, man. If you're gonna start building a, a thousand watt replacement light, I'll bet you it's gonna cost you close to a thousand bucks, man. And man, you know, yep, I, I do dig sure. I do dig Spectrum King. They are a sponsor. You know, full disclaimer, um, and. I will say that it must be nice to have a warranty. Uh, I could spend $1,000 on parts here, and if I fuck up or if the parts break or the shit don't work out, um, they ain't taking them back, man. You know, I got a big pile of junk on my hands here. So, well, uh, you got to remember some of them are under warranty, like the Meanwhile drivers with a seven-year warranty, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, okay, fair enough, as long as I don't blow it up, though doing something stupid yeah, yeah you know what i mean <laughs> that's true that's true yeah you know if i if i'm not grounded right and i end up fucking you know wrecking everything uh i don't think anybody's gonna feel bad for me and be like oh here's some more drivers here's your money back yeah let me let me call up the yeah, customer service yeah man they're gonna be like sorry man you want to order more 
<laughs> I got your credit card on yeah. file. But my point is, it's not for it's not for everybody. Um, what I'm playing with now is the most cutting edge. Uh, you know, the brand newest is as soon as Cree manufactures these things. Guys like Pat uh, geek out on them, and uh, we've been have I've been lucky enough to know some of these guys. I've been lucky enough for Pat to uh, uh, to be sharing some information with me and the DGC, and it's it, it's interesting, man. It's not for everybody by any means. I mean, this is like the guys in the '70s that were building computers in their garage. But sure is fun, man. And those were the only guys that had yeah. computers back then. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely cheaper options as well. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to go. I I because I'm an electrician. I like to nerd out kind of on this kind of stuff. Right. I like to get like the cutting edge, the highest efficiency, the best I can get of everything. You know what I mean? You can do it for a lot cheaper than that. Like you can still get a light that beats an HPS the thousand watt for a decent price. You know what I mean? You just, you got to do some shopping around, find the good deals, maybe not run the Cree diodes, look into the bridge Lux Veros or something like that and drive them a little harder. You might not get the same efficiency, but you're still, your better spectrum, better light distribution, better, like less heat, less wattage, you know, it's just all around. Right. Still you're winning. What do you think if you if you go to something like at Bridge Lux and Cree are the two diode manufacturers? So say you were to go the cheaper route, you know, what do you think you could put a thousand watt? Repl- you still you still got to be what are you going to save twenty percent maybe? You know, it's still expensive as hell though. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely not not cheap. But like I said, you you save in the long run. You pay up front, save in the long run. For like someone who's growing underground, for instance, you know what I mean. You pay the little money up front. So then you're using less wattage. Then you're not worried about the power company being like, yo, why is your bill like a thousand bucks a month, man? What the hell's going on? You can run half of that, pay the money up front, and then there's a lot less heat coming down on you in the long run, you know? Hey, if anybody asks, Hopefully. I have a welder in, in my garage, okay? That's why my power <laughs> bill's so much. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've tried them all, goddammit. it. tried every excuse in the book. That's, the, that's yeah, my favorite, though. <laughs> well, right on, man. I do appreciate you explaining this to me. I think, uh, uh, you know, we, I know uh, Grow Mouse out there and, and the DGC and the Google Plus group uh, is a real, uh, you know, he's talking the same kind of stuff. He's been playing around with these uh, CXB3590s, these Cree diodes. And, uh, yeah, there's a called LED Guru. I know he's uh, recovering from surgery, brother. I hope you feel better, man. But he's, you know, been saying the same thing, man. There's interesting toys to play with if you are components. I shouldn't call them toys because they're definitely not toys. Interesting components to play with. And you can get them, you know, in this fucking 2015 world, you can get them direct from, you know, direct from China, man, you know, and you can play with the most cutting edge stuff you want if you want to pay for it. Yeah, and you just got to remember when you're playing with drivers, especially the higher voltage drivers, you got to be careful. You know, it can be dangerous if you're yeah. You don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? You got to be careful. You don't want to be touching live 347 volts DC. It can, it can definitely kill you if you're not careful. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. You know what? And that's the truth, man. If you're well-versed in electric, if you know somebody that is, uh, you know, if you have a friend that's an electrician, this is probably a project to uh you know, work with and bring to somebody who has, you know, real sound fundamental understanding of electricity, man. Uh, this is yeah, not, and like, I, I just don't think you don't need some, to get this. 
Yeah, I just just I don't want somebody getting high, getting the parts high. I just told them they should smoke a joint and order all the parts. Have them come in and be like, <laughs> "Yo, man, dude, clear off the kitchen table, man. We're doing this." You know, it's something that you do yeah. have to take serious. Yeah, you got to do some research and find out the basics, you know, the fundamentals of it all, and then it's it really you shouldn't be scared to do it because it really isn't that hard. If you can wire like a basic outlet, you can do this. You know what I mean? It's just you need to be careful. Make sure all your connections are sound. You know what I mean? You don't play. Never work live. Shut it down. You know, do your wiring. Test it. Turn it on. Stay back. Don't touch anything. You know, never yeah. work live because you'll end up hurting someone or yourself fire or something like yeah. that. Yeah, and know? that's just a universal rule for electricity. Maybe a badass, you know, uh, you know, like yourself can do it, but. Um, Anybody else, man. That's what they got circuit breakers for. That's what they got that big fucking switch on there, man. Flip that breaker. Make sure it's dead. Do your wiring. Flip it back on. If it pops off, you know you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, man. That's Stoner Electric 101. Cool, man. Hey, brother, thank you so much for explaining this stuff. Um, I, I'm having fun learning about it. I think it's really neat. You know, the like I say, man, I, this technology, uh, just, you know, with podcasting and being able to just hop on a computer and talk to the world, I just couldn't resist it, man. Some of this technology for me is just irresistible. And this LED, just uh, a couple of people have been talking. The LED guru started it, and then you and Grow Mouse have been talking to me about it, and I'm just like, wow, this is neat stuff, man. These little chips that just glow fucking bright, man. These little, I mean, this little flat, I don't know, man. They're just, it's just crazy to see them, man, that, that this is a light. Yeah, yeah it doesn't leave. Yeah, they just, are bright, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at a complex fluorescent bulb, and I'm like, oh, that's, you know, CFL. I'm like, that shit looks like kind of futuristic and cool. This thing's next level, man. You know, this is like a compu- a glowing computer chip, man. So uh, I just want to play with it. I'm excited, and I hope that we see all, all these closet grows. You know, we've got a lot of closet grow guys, a lot of stealth grows and cabinets, and I, I want to see these guys start uh, – uh, maybe being able to take advantage of this technology. Maybe you know, if a couple of us, you know, you're already building stuff, maybe you'd share a couple pictures that I can uh, that I can post on on DudeGrows dot com, and we'll just get a couple people to start sharing what they're building, and you'll see, man, that it's uh it's interesting, man. And there's a lot of options. You don't need. Uh, you know, used to be limited to what a T5. I'm looking at an armoire right now. I could put some T5s in there. I could put a 125 watt grow light or a 250 watt grow light or something like that. Um, but I'll be damned, man, putting a couple, you know, 275 or you know, 275 watt uh, uh, LEDs. Man, that sounds about right to me, man. You know, all of a sudden, all these options coming up. I like yep. it. Diggity, man. You're spreading. Yeah, you're spreading it around a lot nicer, too, instead of the one point, you know? That's I huge. do like that idea, man. Anybody that wants to, man, you can just look under, I guess it would be under, what, diffusion of light? But it just looks like this is reverse, this upside-down pyramid. It just looks like a triangle. I'm sorry, upside-down pyramid. It looks like a triangle, man. And you'll just see on the top, it's just... Uh, the, the light just dissipates so badly. I'm sorry. It looks like an upside-down triangle is what it looks like. There we go. Um, but you'll see, man, there's, you know what, coming on, how many lumens come off a 1,000-watt uh, a HPS? Do you know by any chance? 
Not 100% sure. Right. We're going to just say for argument's sake, I just didn't want to just put, throw something out there with a guy that maybe you're actually new, but we're going to say a, a million just for fucking argument's sake. When you get down to, you know, four feet away, it's down to like 11,000. I mean, it dissipates that badly, man, where you can have a fucking million lumens right next to the bulb and you go four or five feet away, man, and you're at, uh, you know, 11,000 or something like that, you know, that, that low. Um, light dissipates yeah. fast, man. So if you can decentralize it and have a bunch of sources of light, I mean, think about uh, you know having your whole ceiling with a different LED, you know, with an LED once every square foot. I mean, man, you'd be that would be a bright room, you know, and it would be an evenly lit room and an even canopy. And I, I'm, I'm excited about that, man. That's what I'm into, yeah. man. Hell yeah, brother. Mm-hmm. All right, man. I know you got a family. I know you got shit to do, but uh, I appreciate you taking the time and and helping the GGC stay current, brother. No problem, man. Anytime you ever need uh, any electrical advice or LEDs, anything like along that line, just give me a shout. You know I do, man. You know I I never leave you alone, man. I got a whole bunch of parts sitting on my (laughs) kitchen table, man. (laughs) I'll give you a hand, brother. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon, brother. Yo, why don't you go get that good shit? You know, that shit that your brother gave you. That good shit. Yeah, that's the shit. say I get burnt out. It's like, now I don't want to talk about LEDs for a while. Um, I want to but... build some, man. I think actually, <laughs> I think maybe my, my shit just got here from Amazon. I'm waiting on a couple more parts and I'm ready to uh, sit down and build my light, man. And that means you'll be hearing on Monday how I fried a couple things, man, and I'm waiting for new parts to get here, but. <laughs> well, uh, sorry, I was just, I was just making a, uh, a side note here while you're chuckling about your LED parts on the way. Oh, it's uh, okay, man. You got it's a Scotty okay. Scotty real warranty on those? Is, do you warrant, warrant what you make and return it to yourself? For Is that how it works if you have any issue? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't want to dig deep, but did you, did you get any warranty on those spark plugs you replaced in your van last month, uh, man? Oh, man, man. Oh. Yeah, well, I had to eat it. I had to, I had to eat my own <laughs> mechanical mistake, basically, there. That's where, yeah. <laughs> my not analogy, but my real life thing, man. Sometimes you wrench on your own shit to save money, and uh, didn't do it quite properly, and had to spend a bunch of money. So you know, be careful yeah, what could, you get into. Yeah, exactly, man. Maybe something like I saw those ideal air conditioners sitting at uh, Way to Grow yesterday, 
And it, you know, I think those those what those are is like a complete do-it-yourself air conditioner. So you can just take that thing. If you got to be super stealth, uh, you order that, and you I guess watch a lot of videos and make a lot of phone calls to those guys, and you and you do it yourself, man. And I could see a guy like me, or you know, those things aren't cheap because they're totally like pre-charged. You know, it's a pretty you know specialty thing, man. Um, I could see getting one of those things, working my you know working to figure out how to put it together, put it all together, and then fuck it up in the end and spending a lot more money than I could have just got Todd, you know, temp needs or somebody like that to come on over and, uh, and put something in with a professional, you know, professional putting it in uh, professional with a warranty and everything, man. So yeah, sometimes you got to be careful of what you choose to, uh, to do yourself, man. Sometimes it's best to let the pros <laughs> do their thing. Well, tell me what's going on in your grow, man. You're so, so, you know, urgent to get it out. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, man. I'm just excited about it, man. I'm, uh, right now I'm working on the air system and I've got, basically I've got a small window as an intake, you know, as a basement. So I've got a basement window on both, uh, on both sides that I can use as an intake. So I've got to just really figure out a way to, um, man, I figured out that some of these fan, uh, some of these lights like the, uh, um, man, what do I have? The Karma's. They've got like a big reflector pad in it to ref to uh, keep the light reflecting on them. It's not just like a big open eight inch hole. And man, does that cut down that that adds a ton of resistance. So I was running like four karma hoods in a row. And man, the resistance on them is just like my eight inch uh, max fan can't pull through there because it's like pulling through like eight different plates. You know, these big plates are covering. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man, and it ends up really restricting the air, man. So I'm really struggling with that now to where I don't know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to have to either run different hoods or, re, you know, at least restructure it. So I'll, I'll be pulling my lights down today, and I'm just starting from the top down, man. So uh, I'm, I'm starting with the air system, and I'm not going to even bother with plants. I mean, I've got a couple plants, you know, a couple mothers and a couple plants in veg, and I'm finishing up something in, in another room. But I'm not even going to bother with, you know, doing anything, uh, you know, with, with my new harvest and with new plants until I've got this room running to where it could be running at 80. At least it's got to run at 80 degrees, man, you know. It's just, it's no fun. It's just boring. Heat kills uh, trichomes. And trying to fucking grow dank at 86 and 88 degrees, man, it's just ridiculous. And that's what it is up near my lamps, man. So at first I was going to do LEDs. Man, even building my own LEDs, it's cost $9,000 to build my own LEDs. I'd be better off just buying Spectrum Kings for ten grand, you know? So I really don't know what I'm still up in the air with the lights, but as I I'm sure uh, you get your room your room really cooled off just right in time for winter, you know? Yeah, what I'm going to use thinking. that. <laughs> yeah. Watch well, the first the first day it gets uh Really cold out here in Colorado, guys. We'll have what's going on in our grows, and Scotty's gonna be like, "I figured it out. I don't know what it is. But I just <laughs> dropped it down to seventy-eight. Be like, no, man. Cold is it? <laughs> hey, like the song says, man. I like to, to smoke in my room, man, and try to figure out what's going on. And ever since we started doing this, you know, even before doing this show, man. But after a while, you know. Like back when I was doing DWC, I would come in sometimes and there'd be mystery deaths, you know, and mystery things wrong with my plants, you know, things like pythium and that I, I just didn't, couldn't identify back in the day, uh, different types of root rots and whatnot. And I didn't have any solutions for them. And it felt so powerless. And before I could take any kind of investment from anybody, you know, and feel confident about that, I had to make sure 
that I could um, handle all these things. I, I could never look at somebody that threw 40 grand into a room and be like, you know, well, why did it all die? And me go, I don't know. You know, that, that yeah. point, the guy could be like, yeah, that guy, Scott, is an asshole, man. <laughs> you know, he don't know what the <laughs> fuck he's doing, you know? So I've tried to kind of learn everything like that, man, and try to solve these problems. And, man, I've had some heat issues where I just, I shouldn't have them, but I do, man. And the only thing I can think of is maybe I'm, I'm, not my lights aren't run correctly you know and they're just you know it's just they're just not cooling the way they have you should be able to put your hand on a thousand watt light and it shouldn't be uh it shouldn't be too hot that it burns you you know or that that it's uncomfortable no, he, just to clarify he means the uh oh, i'm sorry guys. the glass the Don't glass touch the freaking bulb light. <laughs> touch the bulb man you're going to the hospital homie oh man well uh all right, all right. I hope that, uh, yeah, definitely knowing uh, your airflow. Like when I was over there and I felt the push coming out of your 8-inch fan, I'm like, that ain't enough, man. That feels, you need some strong flow coming out of the end of your light line being air-cooled. Yeah, so. it was funny because this the 6-inch run was pushing a lot harder than the 8-inch run. The 6-inch run was all those cheap, uh, uh, what the hell are the, um, the, you know, just like the old Sun System 6-inch, you know, hoods. You know, real cheap hoods, but they were just pulling like crazy, man, because there was no resistance. You know, there was, and now the Karma hoods, the HD, what is it? The, uh, what are they called again? Grow light? Uh, it was Grow light when I got them. What are they called now? Uh, indoor growing science. Indoor, indoor grow science. Yeah. Indoor grow um, science. Okay. So when I, their hoods have a big plate over them, and it only gives about an inch of. Uh, you know, an inch behind the plate. There's maybe an inch spacer between that plate. And so that just doesn't allow for a lot of air to pass through there, man. So I think that's really restricting my stuff, man. So I'm starting to suspect that uh, it might be the Karma Hoods that are just, I've got four in a row. I'm sorry, five, I five suspect, in a row. I would suspect, man, right? if there's plates there, it's definitely going to be an issue. I mean, it's definitely going to screw with the airflow. I didn't, you know, I didn't even know that about that design. It's like having a, a positive of the fact that it's reflecting more light down, but it's definitely negative that it's restricting airflow on your, you know, your your air cooling duct. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to be working on those. I'm not positive, but you know, I'm 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 figuring it out still, man. You know, but uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing, man. I'm just looking up. I will say that I have uh, in my veg. I did play around with a uh, uh, self watering. Uh, what do they call them again? Hempy buckets. And I just made myself some hempy buckets, uh, which is I put like four inches of perlite down down at the bottom of uh, those big beer tubs I was telling you about, like kind of 16-gallon tubs you put a keg in, um, put four inches of perlite down there at the bottom, and then just filled it with cocoa, put my plants in there. And uh, in the beginning, I put two little perlite in there. I put just two inches of perlite in there, and, uh, man, it really... Um, it really screwed things up, man. It, the plants just got like sick, just looked like shit almost within a day. And it was because they were just sitting in saturated water. The worst thing you can do is let a plant sit in saturated water. Nothing can breathe. Uh, even the yeah. microbes can't live then, man. But I figured that out within a day. You know, the first day I, you know, I went back there and I was like, wow, this shit's way too wet. Pulled everything out again. Had another night where I worked till four in the morning, but I uh, put an extra layer of perlite in there. So it was like four inches of perlite and, uh, yeah, man, it's working perfect now. I can actually see where there's uh, I gave him, give him a, you know, watered everything in with some recharge, and then what's like 48 hours later, uh, today I'm actually seeing that there's uh, new growth coming out, man, new new heads, man, which is cool. And if you think your plants look like shit or whatever, man, just like take a little twisty tie, find something, um, 
that you think looks like has potential. You're like, hey, man, if they, if things are going well, if, if everything's growing well, by tomorrow, that thing should be popping. That looks like there's a head right there that's going to pop out. And I'll just take a little zip tie, and I'll wrap the zip tie around it loosely, and then I'll snap a picture of it. And I'll come back tomorrow, and I can identify the exact place where I was with the zip tie, you know, the, the exact, uh, you know, flowering point or what you know whatever you want to call it the exact head and uh, I snap another picture of it and I compare them side by side and I just see what the growth was if there's no growth uh, you might still you know might not have corrected the problem but in in this case there was growth man so I knew that things were on the up and up hell yeah I mean basically it you said snap a picture of it is one way you're checking it out yeah I do I do side by sides 24 or 48 hours later yeah, it reminded me of getting those, uh, they're not that much money, the uh, time-elapse cameras that you can get and just mount in your garden and uh, just, yeah, go back and watch a day of growth versus another day of growth and uh, pretty interesting stuff if you have that yeah, much time. It's kind of deceptive, though, man, because you don't really get to see it on a micro level. You know what I mean? What I'm trying to do is just analyze one one site, you know, one flowering site, you know, and I'm... Uh, you know, comparing it 48 hours worth of growth on one single site. So a little bit different. Yeah. I I bought that camera. I never even hooked it up, man. It's like a deer cam, you know, that you would use (laughs) for for your hunting stand or whatever. That's all it is. I think I still have mine. I was actually thinking about hooking up a a camera, like an IP camera to my grow and just letting everybody watch it grow. There you go. That works. That's not a bad idea, actually. It'd be a good part of the, part of the show. Maybe we'll put, Put one of our grows in the members area, dude. Yeah, check it out. Just watch the fan blow on the plants. <laughs> anyway, um, I, just, my I, just pa- I just painted my room, by the way, man. So I'm getting it all ready to uh, to do some uh, uh, videos out of, man. So hell yeah, getting excited. Interesting, what, dude. What, what, but would you enough- like a camouflage or black, or would you paint? Yeah, I did black, and now I'm going a, a gold diamond flake over it, man. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> um, no, of course, I just did. I got that kill stuff because uh, I had a little spots where there was like some mildew or something. I guess not mildew. It was like actually mold, you know, like some kind of black stuff. So uh, that kills is uh, you can paint right over it with that and it kills everything. So paint it over that. And uh, yeah, just getting the room ready to go, man. Sweet. It's like you're re- rebirthing, rebirthing your, your room. A better state yeah. once you get it figured out. It's better a stay real- good. It's it's so cathartic, man. It's like a rebirth, man. And it's uh <laughs> yeah, man. It's really like um yeah, it's 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 an amazing process, man. Um but dude, enough about me, man. What's going on in your grow, man? Oh, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier. We got that uh Island Sweet Skunk in there. Indoor grow is pretty simple right now, just the Spectrum King. I got a bunch of stuff up and wanting to roll with though. I got to my uh I think got three Island Sweet Skunks and one gal. They're about ready to go to my 10, 15 gallon or 15 gallon containers. I got one flow, and then I had that uh, White Widow crossed with Big Bud was throwing those funky sets of three leaves, like pre-flowered, stressed a little. It's like, damn, I hope this cut straightened itself out. Somebody chimed in over on, um, I don't know if it's on the comments when I made the video on YouTube or on DudeGrows.com. But it's like, man, make sure you transplant that. It's probably root-bound. And I don't mind dealing with root-bound plants if I'm trying to, you know, it's like I don't want them to take off just yet. I'll keep them wet. They're doing all right. But sure enough, you know, after I transplanted, about three, three and a half days later, the next set of leaves coming out I could see are proper. You know, they're not the little three leaves. They're not looking deformed. 
So I think it had a combination of stress stress factors on it, but I'm excited to see it straightening out because I did want to keep that strain around. I'm seeing it outdoors just blow up, you know, so it's always cool to see what happens to a plant when you're growing it in an indoor environment versus an outdoor environment. You know, of course, I'm going to have smaller flowers and less yield, but it has a great aroma, dude, that... So I'm hoping that's going to be a winner to keep around and trying to get uh, my hands on a couple more cuts. So uh, I'm going to make that happen here soon. Maybe some of the uh, blue cheese and man, yeah, talking to Brent the other day down there about just different cut varieties and things that, you know, he's heard of. And Yeah, if you're trying to get on cut, get some new cuts and you haven't, you ain't trying all that hard, brother. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm in Colorado. Uh, I'm going to keep the ISS around, you know, it's like I said, the staple strain for me, and I'm trying to figure out how to take that to my uh, plant that I'm growing for concentrate. Um, so I'm, I don't know what's going to be next in the bloom room, though, man, because once the Spectrum King is done, I have my HID lighting still, of course. If I want to run the Spectrum King again, uh, I'm going to have to get another one. If I want to run solely LED lighting, so keep doing, you know, the, the testing and philosophizing over it. Because I can't, yeah, I got too many plants now. I got like four plants that are ready to kick into veg for a little bit under, um, but they need to go to 12-12 within uh, about 20 days. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do in there, man. I don't think I'm going to be hanging up all my HID lighting by any means, especially since I still got the Spectrum King. But I might get my hands on another one. We'll see what's up with that. And, you know, outdoors fabulous, guys. If you're outdoor grower in Colorado, keep watching the uh, weather. Uh, it's been great. It doesn't look like there's any freeze coming yet. And if we can keep that up for another, I don't know, two weeks, that would be killer. But, uh, I, I do need some more of the cold though, dude, to get that, that color changing. Um, I do see the colder nights right when I get down to like, you know, 40 upper thirties really starts to bring some nice colors into those flowers for me. So I do want some cooler nights here, man. Makes sense, man. Makes sense. Maybe this will be an epic harvest year, man trying to think if i got everything in there there's always a bit going on a bit growing on um that's about it man lit up the jungle a little bit out there i'll have some video for you guys soon i put up another video over on dudegrows.com uh, under dude tv for everybody and i'll keep trying to cut more i'm trying i used to say make a video a day but it gets tough it's 30 videos a month if you know how to do math it's a pretty hard one but um <laughs> Hey, I was yeah, proud of I'm, you, dude, man. I pulled up to your house a couple of days ago or yesterday to pick, to pick you up for the uh, Colorado Springs uh, Adelio, man. And uh, I couldn't smell no weed out front, man. You must be doing something either wrong or right <laughs> because. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the I couldn't must smell, have been man. Blowing it, was nice. the other Maybe, way. it may be, man. Is it, is it stinking up the neighborhood at this point? It depends. I mean, different genetics, too. The, um, the White Widow Big Bud smells like, I mean, if you don't, it smells like like a floral like just great it doesn't even smell like skunk at all or anything like that it's like a right. sweet floral smell in the wind so that might not even you know be a factor the flow definitely the flow brings a little of that dank smell up in the air but they're tucked away a little bit more too I moved my garden back just a little bit than i did uh last year as far as being you know set back from the main street area Right. So at least I'm not like some of these other cats out there, man. They got I heard, this one guy's got a greenhouse right up on his fence next to a major road. He's getting he's forced to run <laughs> forced to run can filters in there and shit like can filters in his greenhouse just scrubbing. I so, know that guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely stressful. It's like the time of year he's setting up to cot out there. 
So no but that's about it, man. man. That was a good uh, what's going on for everybody chiming in. We'll be back Friday with This Week in Cannabis. Um, we definitely we talked with uh, Jake from Growmore just yesterday over the phone and had a really good conversation trying to figure out here before we get some more Growmore content here. We're going to make sure we have all the products available that we're talking about so uh, you guys have access to help support the show. And if you choose to use the Grow More Nutrients, um, you'll be able to pick up all of them doing a little bit of work over on Real Growers right now. And they'll probably be on Amazon too, I'm thinking. But Yeah, we're going to get all that set up, man. I'm pretty excited about that actually, man. That's a, a cool system that he's got there, man. The Costa Mesa Steve style, man. Well, yeah, and we were talking about it, if you guys wondering, that's why we have – uh, members that you know you get to get that good coupon good deal on realgrowers.com and they're like man i've been trying to pick up this and this from you know uh, grow more because we just talked about it so that's what we're trying to get all our, our ducks in a row if that's the right thing to say and we'll have that interview out and then we'll have the product we're talking about available through through us so you can support the show and that works that works awesome for everybody pimp yeah, sure grow, support the show so look at you man yes Word. Nice. Uh, coming at you and going away. So that's it, man. <laughs> Unless you got anything else, Scotty. Nah, I'm good, man. I'm good for today, man. I got to get into my grow, man. Just got into my growing time. Yes, me too. I got to water the outdoor a little bit. Always a little bit. It's like I water that outdoor two to three times a day because I do like to have a more of a constant feed than full saturation on it. Love it, man. I love it. That's why I'm doing the bottom feeding. A little hempy bucket dealio, man. Same thing. A little saturation on it. Well, thanks for hanging out, guys. We will talk to you Friday, and take her easy. Take her easy, dude.
Go to the 